welcome to episode 214 of the F Reality Podcast. It's the holiday season here on the podcast. Are you one of those holiday types who can't keep in your excitement? Well, we've got a few of those. Uh, and neither can Belgium. So if you're an exotic fish and just want to break free, we're here to stuff your stockings with VR goodies and perhaps a crowbar so you can really let yourself go and swing among those tropical waters that you might have seen in Kayak VR this year. Festive spirits are definitely high, so here are today's topics. It's game showcase Snowmageddon, Upload VR sizzled us with a winter indie reel, the Game Awards dazzled, putting Hollywood to shame, oh, and even ex-US President Bill Clinton got called out by name. Resolution Games, for their first one yet, cracked open a gift early that got us all wet. She's a tall ass, she is big as the tree. But Sony knows you can't muck about with Lady D in 3D. Putting the angelic topper on our sparkling evergreen is Adam. So pull out a stepping stool and lend her a hand. She's got blinking lights to unravel before jobless Legolas comes barging in with this episode's releases. Now we normally uh, run through our highlights of the past two weeks, but chat, please tell us yours too. We'll read them out right here after introducing the crew. You might be noticing we're missing a gentleman today on the cast. He's off in California, probably sunning himself before Merry Christmas comes blasting through the speakers. Um, so Jose's not with us today. And for those who are on, on the old radio, uh, listening to us in the car or on your way to work or whatever, cleaning the dishes, um, you won't hear his dulcet tones today. All right, here we go. Crew intro. The Witcher, the Warlock. And the kitty cat who just can't keep four legs on the ground because he's got beautiful plumage just like you. He got tackled and twisted, beaten and shifted. He had enough of being tough, so now hides behind a kitten that's buff. That's Rowdy. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have to say I had a very buff kitten or dog. I'm still not entirely sure. Like I think it was like a was hyena. <laughs> hyena or something like oh, that. Oh, good point. Like a, Hyena yeah. with like cat-like ears or something. I don't know. I know it's called an astral cat in Damio, but I'm still gonna call it a dog because I like dogs. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it's right. my story. It's my so, story, guys. So you put you put this uh, you put this dog cat thing out in front of you to take all the hits, uh, and 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 now you're calling it a dog too. Won't even let it identify as a yeah. cat. Well, it's it's better than just collecting all the coins all over the map while the rest of us dies him. Hey. Or. <laughs> Yeah, going invisible way in the back instead of way in the yes. front. <laughs> I'm gonna stealth back here. I'll get up there eventually. God, I'm getting a bad name for myself. All right, all right, Rowdy. Well, Rowdy, uh, how's your last two weeks been aside from playing with cat dogs? Uh, and uh, got any highlights for us? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that my highlight, you already mentioned it, you know, like playing Demio together is always a highlight for me, I think. Uh, all other than that, I haven't really played anything new in VR. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm still I'm still digging away at like some older titles, uh, as you might as well know from my previous episodes. I'm still not <laughs> done with the game. Uh, I'm still going a little bit further into the clock, last Clockwinder. Uh, I haven't haven't been playing it this week, but uh, I played it the, the week before that again. Uh, but yeah, uh, great game, uh, perfect for the Christmas holidays, and I think Demio is a is a close second to that for me as well. Ah, very good, great titles, absolutely. You play either of them, play both of them. You know, on Rowdy's recommendation. Uh, next up, 
This one, she's bad, she's bold, and she's nippy. She simply wouldn't put up with Rowdy's cute kitty. Uh, when her day job's not enough, she'll find a behemoth and scrub his wart-covered feet and stuff. Say hello to our own personal hygiene expert. It's Adam Bombotti. Oh, God. I... I'm always all over every every week, I think, or I guess every two weeks since we do the podcast. But in particular, this past week, um, I had asked Twitter on like, hey, what are some because, you know, I I don't know if you could tell, but I really love Christmas. <laughs> By now, wow. I think it's very yes. obvious. Oh, you yeah, know, you can't tell. No. But um, so I asked like, hey, what what VR games have some kind of Christmas update or holiday update, whether that's skins or uh, just decorations or whatever. Um, and I got an overwhelming response. So I, I haven't been like deeply playing anything more than just like going into all these games just to see what kind of festive stuff they've done. And I'm impressed. Like it's uh, like I did um, out of all of the random ones because I happen to have it devour. Um, that one was kind of meh in their Christmas update. Devour. That one's a, that devour one's kind of like a, a Christmas game. Well, they have a Christmas update. So these don't yep. have to be Christmas games, just right. games that have holiday updates. So like. Right, Devour. as long as they have chainsaws, right? Well, yeah, it's just like is. if you take a serial killer and 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 you have them wear blinking Christmas lights, then they're festive. Yeah, yeah all of a sudden. Exactly. Like, yeah, I played the most festive games to start off with, which were Devour and Phasmophobia, because that's what everyone thinks of when they think of Christmas. Um, <laughs> did you did you literally go hunting for the Christmas spirit? You know. Well, what happens? <laughs> and phasmophobia. In, in, in phasmophobia, it's interesting because they changed it where um, you have to find cookies in each of the maps now. Cookie. So you need six Cookie. cookies, and then once you have the six, when when the ghost kind of appears briefly, oh. you you well. You have to have the ghost eat the cookies. But what I did was I literally oh the ghost appeared and I shoved the plate nearby and then it would eat them and then it would turn into the santa ghost thing and then it would pretty much immediately kill somebody but it was fun i mean <laughs> it was festive wow <laughs> nice so, so just been hopping and seeing all the weird um well not all of them are weird but all of the interesting uh ways that different vr games are doing christmas or holiday stuff so yeah. that's been fun eventually i'll compile um a neat list somewhere but that's gonna <laughs> take some time but it'll be out before christmas but just as soon as possible because it's <sighs> it's a lot <laughs> oh, no, that's nice i am definitely looking forward to that list um the thing that gets me with like seasonal updates particularly halloween or easter or whatever it is right um is that they kind of they wash in and then oftentimes they wash out and sometimes they're just single serving like like you you can't ever play that again even the next christmas cycle i i am thankful to Minecraft, who, you know, every, around the holidays, all of the boxes turn into Christmas presents. And so that's really nice. to. And even if you just go in and you don't think about it and you're like, oh, I'm playing Minecraft, everything is like very festive immediately when you get in. So uh, looking mm -hmm. forward to your list then, Adam, uh, as you come back to us. Uh, I, I was alluding <sighs> earlier in that intro to a, a weird foot scrubbing game <sighs> that you were playing for TikTok, which looked... Um, it's a nice tie-in to Behemoth, which we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, should a big giant need a bit of a trimming on the toenails, I, I suppose you're the last for the job then. But that looked, uh, that looked, that looked like the opposite of a foot fetish. That looked disgusting. It was. That's an uh, older game, too. That one's um, Ashy Wash, which even has a gross name. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just... Um, it's a VR game. Hmm. Yeah, it's a VR game where you can just clean a giant foot. You've got, uh, you know, flies that are on it. You've got crusty bits. You've got uh, giant toenails. And it's, yeah, I, I don't like feet. So it was, a, it was 
a challenge for me to get through. Let's just say that. <laughs> I wanted a shower after watching that. Anyway, uh, what have Chap been up to this week? I'm just looking through. Saw um, PD signing off for uh, for Carmack, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Anything else you guys are catching? They're going over their favorite uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas movies. movies? I saw. Oh, <laughs> I approve. I love this conversation this, now. The, yeah, this is this is a good question. All right, all right. Festive Adam, what's what's your favorite Christmas movie? Um, I I, I have two. I I like for the classic. I like Jingle All the Way because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Christmas movie. I don't. I I just love that one. Maybe it's because I was little when I saw it. And then a more slightly modern is I do like Elf. I know it's not. You know well, what a shock. Fine. But I like. I like. I would say two. I have those two as my favorites. Well, that's good. That's good. We're allowed. You have an extra quotient because uh, Jose's not here, so uh, you can take <laughs> both of those. Rowdy, what about you? You got one? I don't know. Like, I mean, Christmas at our family has always been weird because you know it coincides with my birthday, so it's like. Yeah. Oh. You can't really you can't really celebrate Christmas if it's someone's birthday, right? So, I think, I, I mean, what I, what I like to watch in that in that entire like Christmas period up until like New Year's Eve, like I like to watch a lot of Mr. Bean. I love oh. the Mr. Bean <laughs> stuff, like all of like those uh, those episodes. That's typically what I would watch. But like, I don't I don't know if that's really Christmassy, uh, but that's kind of like nostalgia for me, and like uh, that works that works for me. I think I think that totally counts. Uh, is Rowan Atkinson is, is is he still playing Mr. Bean? And is that, there been a recent Bean movie? I, I don't know what he's doing with himself. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> no, he he did he did a recent series on Netflix, which was a stand up, a similar character. Oh right. uh, no, it was like a, about like I think like a fly, and he uh, he was home sitting, <laughs> and uh, uh, no, it was a bee. It was a bee. Yeah. And it was a bee that was like messing everything up, and he was destroying the entire house, like trying to like get the bee. It's hilarious, but um, yeah, that, that's maybe the closest thing to Mr. Bean what he's done. Oh, very, very good. Um, I saw the Godfather in chat. That's a that's a bit <laughs> of a fun one. Uh, Dark Angel said Die Hard is the best Christmas movie. I, I have to say, I am in the Die Hard. Go on. Like I, I love that. I love the fact that I don't know when it happened, how it happened. Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Absolutely believe in that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that actually a little bit later on. Um, I can't say I have a specific favorite, but um, we'll say Die Hard for the, for the sake of it. So, right. Um, on, on to my highlight. Uh, honestly, we're going to be talking about topics that cross probably several things that were highlights for me. I've had a very busy two weeks uh, in the run up now as we head towards Christmas. Uh, there were really too many highlights for me to pick one. Had a Breachers event, got to play with uh, Mike and Nathy, so that was nice reconnecting with those guys. Aww. Well, I say that, but Mike shot me in the head quite a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nathy okay, taught me to dance job. on tables, as as would be his, his standard thing. Um, got to play Demio with the crew. That was super fun. It was our first like multiplayer game together. So like all the personalities start coming out. It was really good. Um, Jose, which was was who was playing as Barbarian, got to play on his pro in mixed reality. Love to hear from him how that went. I was going to hold in that for now, but maybe we'll catch that on the on the next cast. And then I got to play uh, their new uh, game, Spatial Ops, with my daughter. So spent time cleared cleared out the basement. Uh, been doing that actually just before launch, and then. Uh, tried to take on doing that, streaming that live. That is not easy. That is not easy. Um, but we managed it. I was very happy with what we got. I just unfortunately had noise suppression on my vo vocal track, so it muted most of the in-game sounds. 
despite a uh, rat's nest of cables like down my back. a lot of problems doing audio, right? Because <laughs> where is the Demio recording, Zim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had uh, yeah, the, the, the podcast's audio on the wrong channel or something. It didn't record it, didn't make it into the track. So we'll uh, certainly do that. I, I, I'm still planning a hopefully holiday, maybe January uh, live stream with the four of us. That would be uh, good fun to do. Get us four yeah. playing the game. Yeah. So if anyone's any ideas, things you'd like to see the crew play, let us know. Uh, but with that, we'll uh, swap things around this week. Okay, we normally have quite a meaty newsreel up front. Instead, I'm going to shove that to the end. And we're going to get straight into the the long sea of game showcases that we have. Because there's a yeah. lot of updates that we've gotten. Absolutely massive Christmas box to unwrap. But before we do that, um, couldn't be happier than to host Resolution Games as our sponsor, returning sponsor for the third time now, uh, for F Reality Podcast. Obviously a special time for us and them, given they had they put so much into, into their showcase, which we'll talk about a bit later on. Uh, they shared some grand news of the world this week, and that's echoing around the world, uh, asking, you know, what is your resolution this year? Well, Resolution Games have a game for everyone. They've got Demio, Blaston, Ultimex, Akron, Cookout, and Bait. Um, in the VR world, this star of a studio does even more with every passing year. Um, and with that, Resolution Games held their first ever Resolution Games showcase just this past week. I gotta say, it was immaculately shot, um, hosted by uh, founder and CEO Tommy Palm, and joined by members of the Resolution Games team. It's really nice seeing a lovely cross-section to some of the faces behind the curtain. Uh, community manager Sewell, for example, was on on there. Tommy himself, few others. You know, it was it was really nice to see that. But you can see from their showcase, uh, they really want to make a game for everybody's tastes. Uh, we got the new trailer for Demio, a multiplayer update for Bait, a free one for friends to enjoy with Blast on, a new game called Spatial Ops, and an even even a taster for their pipeline in 2023, which we'll talk about a little later on. But it was a really uh, a blast and the perfect punctuation mark as 2022 winds to a close. So we're so happy to see them thrive and show that they are absolutely marketing pros. Uh, we'll have a bit more about that later on when we cover the games in a bit more rich detail. So now on to the showcase rundown. Um, I did get to watch all three of them live in full. Uh, enjoyed every one of them, honestly. Um, <clears throat> We'll talk about them in chronological order. I'll take the cruise reflections, whether they got a chance to... Uh, did you guys get a chance to watch or just kind of fed, on, fed um, bits on uh, yeah. on the web? That's what I did. Upload VR I watched all of. Um, the VR, the I mean, the Game Awards, I watched what I could while I was trying to get my uh, Steam Deck and then uh, Resolution. I, I watched parts because a little earlier on in the day, but... Oh, while you were trying to get your Steam Deck. <clears throat> Weren't lucky, though? No? No. I did see some interesting names pop up that, for winners, though, so that was fun. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember one. I don't know if it's broadcast-worthy. but I, um, I don't know. I, I'll keep it safe. <laughs> yeah, there were some funny names um, <clears throat> that were popping up. So that was that was alluding to the fact that Valve were giving out a Steam Deck every minute. I thought that actually that giveaway worked out pretty well, but I was surprised that there wasn't something like... Um, you know, to kind of pull you in. Anyway, we'll talk about the Game Awards in a little bit later. So good to know you've each kind of dabbled in bits. So maybe I'll teach you something while we go through as well. Something maybe that hit under the rug that you didn't catch. Um, and for those who didn't uh, obviously watch or listen, today is a digest. So hopefully you can cover all the main bits. Okay, so uh, they broadcasted 
uh, live in, and we're going to do this in chronological order. So Upload was first. That was their winter showcase on December 7th. Then the Game Awards, which is phenomenal. Huge, massive stage, great names, everybody in one place. As I said in the intro, it really did put Hollywood to shame, I felt. They did an excellent job there. Um, and that was on December 8th. And then we had Resolution Games and their showcase on December 15th. So it's been a sh an absolute smorgasbord of content that we've had kind of channeled our way. So starting with Upload, uh, this really was a sizzle seal, a sizzle reel of content. Um, and as such, because it was a real machine gun of things, hearkening back to the Godfather there, um, I've picked out just 10, which stood out to me as the most interesting. Um, but I'll encourage the crew to mop up anything I missed. Uh, that got them excited so we don't miss any fan favorites. So first off, um, as this one's been on my to-do list for some time in my Steam wish list, uh, by Vertigo Games, Mask Maker. We talked about this a little bit last time, um, and I won't go into much detail, but by the same studio who brought us the lovely Arizona Sunshine and Fisherman's Tale has been ported from Steam to Quest, and that's just out for fans of puzzlers. So Mask Maker, again, I... I can't say I know too much in depth about the story, uh, but it looks very intriguing and the quest port looks good. So keen on doing that one. Um, the next one up is a fast travel games game. Uh, so FTG, this is Ghost Signal. And what they announced was that this could be entirely controlled through hand tracking. We've only had a few games uh, tackle that. What I like in particular about Ghost Signal is that it really looks like an eerie universe. You know, big monsters, colorful st starscapes. It's very different from the Eve Valkyrie and Elite Dangerous worlds, which were really like dark, realistic, you know, uh, universes for you to explore. This is a little bit more in the fantasy realm uh, or sci-fi. And so it's a real visual treat, and I hope it'll be just as much fun to play it. Um, Hand-driven titles can be like relaxing because you can just, you know, sit on the couch or whatever and whip your headset out, forget the controllers, forget the guardian boundary, just stationary guardian, set up with your hands or whatever, and play away. Games that I like to play in that respect are like, you know, Tetris Effect, for example. Those are really fun. But those, those require controllers. So if you want to get even more relaxed and just, you know, have your headset with you and play a game, Ghost Signal looks like another one for us to check out. More teams are now dabbling in hand tracking only. I like they've taken like certain concepts from their like city skyline game yeah. and uh, like integrated it in here. Uh, I like that. I like that. What are you seeing? What are you seeing in the in the blend? Like like the you know the micromanagement of like some of the of the things that you need to do and like the the upgrading. I mean, I, I haven't played the game, of course, but like it seems like you need to make like certain decisions or certain like things about like you know uh, what what you what you're going for. Uh, I like that. Yeah. It's got kind of like an FTL or From Other Sons vibe to it as well, mm, where yeah. you're running a story and uh, you, like you said, you have to kind of make decisions that will determine your outcome. So mm -hmm. that that gets me uh, warm and cozy. I'm really interested in, in cuddling up to that next year. Um, next up, for those who are into perhaps the Drop Dead series of zombie games, if you are a zombie fan, although I got to say, coming out of the upload showcase, I felt a little bit zombie shell shock because there were quite a <laughs> few of a them. a lot. <laughs> it was like, are we still doing this? Like, I know we'd had like a, a an era that was like World War One, World War Two, and then it was like zombie time. And I feel like zombie time had passed, but apparently not. 
Apparently we're still uh, in zombie are. time. Um, so this is the cabin. Um, I do like the build of this. This is really neat. Um, it's a challenging playthrough where uh, you've got to remix each run. So there are certain set elements in the game, like weapon drops, objectives, and stuff like that, that uh, in, in this co-op zombie shooter, you're trying, your objective is to get to a helicopter, like keep the, the generator powered long enough, fight off the waves of zombies, then get picked up and get the feck out of there. So um, one thing that's been called out by Twitter, and I think it's right, and I'll talk to this a little later again, everything's later in the, in the podcast, right? So you got to keep listening. <laughs> um, is it features meta avatars, right? Built into the game. And some people were saying, this is really a stark contrast, like zombie game, meta avatar. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? It looks weird. Like they look too um, cartoony compared to. I mean, the the game itself isn't like heavy gore, but it still looks very dark and serious. And you've got this like you know peppy little avatar. It's, I, it it does look very strange. Um, I'm I'm a little bit on the opposite end. I think of this just because like the the reason why they're you know all, you know peppy and all happy is because it's meta, right? But maybe this is to convince meta to like give more flexibility in terms of creating your avatars because I, I personally think it's cool that you can bring in your own avatar but maybe the tools that meta provides in order making those avatars aren't that extensive yet and maybe they should be because I, I would I would like to make like like when you play a game and you make a character right you mm-hmm. you want it to suit the game or you want it to suit whatever it is but you know if, if the tools are not there to make that then you know it's it's kind of it's kind of yeah you know it's kind of responsibility for them right yeah I like I, I like bringing my own character in there though I'm glad it's there um, I think lighting needs to address some of the effect mm. that Adam is pointing out I also do see a disparity between the two as I said I, you might be able to do that with a shader or something just to make your character look a bit more grungy or darker you know not mismatch with 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 kind of the artist's intentions for the game. But this being plugged into a number of games, I wonder if Meta has incentivized developers in some way. Uh, Rowdy, Rowdy, you touched on the point that it's a benefit anyway. If it's just an API call to kind of plug in the avatar and you don't have to build that system yourself, saves you in dev time, quicker to market, blah, 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 right? But so- there should be more tools available for like making a white, not everyone, you know, if I want to make, if I want to yeah. look like a, like a pink alien with six arms, I should be able to do that. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. th- these are the kind of things that you, if you really want to do that avatar kind of thing, then you need to provide people with the tools to make the avatar look as ridiculous or as cool as you want it to be. I got to think that's in their pipeline. You guys remember yeah. the um, remember Mark's Metaverse when they had those videos and they had the big robot sitting at the table with a bunch of different avatars. It almost looked like a really upgraded version of like a VR chat world. Um, yeah. So I that's have to think that that's in their like pipeline. The, yeah, but that's also a little bit, of course, a sales talk, right? That's the that's the the, yes. the whale jumping out of the, the gym floor, right? You know, from uh, from an unnamed previous company. I, mean, I think it's a, I think it's a bit of the sales talk in another way, though. I think they're going to end up selling pieces of avatars or f- complete avatars. So mm. you might want you can look like a human for now. But and we'll talk about this a bit later again. God, I feel like a repeated <laughs> thing now. But like they're, they're starting to sell uh, items right to customize your body, to customize yourself. They put a mirror in front of you so you can look at yourself and be reminded constantly. Oh, I'm not wearing designer jeans. I might want to spruce myself up to look good in front of my friends. So I think it's all this kind of collective thing. Um, sorry, Adam, you had something there as well. Oh, I was going to say, I wonder then eventually if each game will kind of have custom uh, avatar cosmetics that go with their game. So if you did want to sort of match up with the game better, you can. I don't know what 
the specifics would be for a zombie game, maybe like torn up yeah. jeans or clothes, but I could definitely see them doing that. Mm. And especially if then they're going to, in addition, have to, you're going to have to buy that separately. So then some money's going to the developers and some money's going yeah. to meta or whether it's going to be, you know, buy the game, you get these cosmetics unlocked with it for your avatar that you can use in any game from henceforth or whatever. But um, I yeah, can definitely see like them going a, that direction. It's kind of like what, what Rec Room does with their games, right? If you finish a certain mission or you exactly. finish something, then you get something from there. You can show it off and that works really well. And, and Oculus has done that before. And I'm yep. saying specifically Oculus because it's, it's, it wasn't meta. Uh, well, I mean, back then they were meta, uh, that they did the reverse. You know, if you finished or acquired like a reward in game, then you would get like something to place in your Oculus home, uh, yeah, which I thought I, was a really cool idea. And yeah. This is exactly where I think they're going. I think it's going to be a two-way street because they already mm. have, for example, Golf Plus has their own clothing that you can get. And as I said, I'll talk a little bit more later. We'll show some bits about this, yeah. but... Um, so you can get that those branded clothing, not just brands like Tommy Hilfiger or whatever else, but you're 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 seeing this like two way partnership between Meta and developers, where they're going to get a revenue cut for whatever they're selling, I presume, and Meta's getting their cut for hosting it on the platform, and this this kind of two way exchange starts to be something that you can carry with you back into your home environment, you can carry with you into other games, so you can look how you want to look and. Meta doesn't have to pay to develop those the, that content. They kind of just give the tools to developers and then are, you know, gatekeeper and, and, I mean, and making money at the toll. In a much simpler sense, remember when people actually decorated their Steam VR homes and stuff and you could get like yep. awards and achievements and trophies and stuff and you could put that in your home. It's kind of like that, but, you know, if they actually follow through with it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I used to love the Oculus implementation of that, where you had uh, you, you spent certain hours in the game and you'd unlock a box and then you'd get this thing that you could show off in your home. The problem yeah. is the interconnectivity came didn't come like it, it was there. You could get bring people to your house, but there, there didn't seem to be a cohesive reason. And then it, they had so many different ecosystems that it just broke apart uh, and was left by the wayside anyway. So that so we, we've talked about Mask Maker, Ghost Signal, The Cabin. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is Per Aspera. This one is really interesting to me. Um, it's a colonized Mars game. Uh, so we haven't had many like this. Again, in the kind of strategy department, like the thinking the thinking person's department. Reminds me a bit of Darknet, for those who maybe have played that, which was a hacker game where you were trying to hack and, and earn Bitcoin and stuff. Excellent game, by the way. Um, and it might be a, a kind of a stealthy epic, might sneak in under the under the covers here. You've got real like topographical maps from Mars, from <laughs> veritable space agencies. I'm going to guess that's NASA. Uh, and and your mission is to basically terraform Mars. But there, but it, just like, you know, strategy builder games like SimCity, there are going to be things that happen, like an asteroid is going to blast into the planet. You're going to lose power, you know, to your to your um, establishments. So. Looks interesting. We've only really gotten a sneak peek now, but keen uh, on that yeah. one that's coming next year. Yeah. For me, I mean, I love these kind of games. Like, uh, you all know that I love, like, anything with, like, a little bit of a strategy or, like, management element to it. I love that kind of stuff. My my immediate question, though, is, like, is is this suited for VR, the way that they've done this? Like, that that's the way that I'm wondering. Like, is, I would love to see more of these kind of games in VR. Um but like looking at the trailer, I'm immediately wondering, isn't this like what I'm supposed to be playing on a flat screen? I know. And the, some games do not translate well. Mm. Um, and that's like, that's the same thing that I thought 
when I got into Darknet. I was like, this this is a flat game. Why, why am I playing this? But there was something about the spatial surround that worked very well. And right. Per Aspera, and I think, um, you know, the game that we were just talking about, Ghost Signal by Fast Travel, have kind of similar feel to them. Uh, per Aspera does feel a little bit more flat, less kind of um, scale mm. in terms of, you know, the lack of, from what we've seen so far, no giant monsters or anything like that. Not saying that has to come in, um, but I hear you, Rowdy, in terms of... Uh, uh, no, it, it's not that I'm... I mean, I haven't played the game, obviously. Like, I, I don't know how it how it will be, but, like, for, from seeing these kind of things, it just immediately may, makes me wonder, like, what is the... Like, cause I, I think that these kind of things work in VR. I think that things can be done in VR, but I think that there, there needs to be, like, a really creative team that does something special with this. Because yeah. I would have said the same if, like, people would have asked me about board games. You know, yep. like if 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 uh, like the like Demio, like uh, you know, should you be playing this on a on a flat screen? But having played Demio and the way that the developers have done that, I'm like, yeah, this, is, this is amazing. But take reality. take Catan for example, Catan VR, which launched on Go and it's now available on Quest. That's more traditional board game, mm. whereas Demio uh, adds flair and also brings you into the action, right? And exactly. I do, I, I do I, agree I think with you those here. Those kind of things are are important for a virtual reality game. Just like converting yeah. it from a flat screen and then like having like a floating menu or something. I don't think are enough for me to like say, like yeah, this is perfect in VR. It needs to be something mm -hmm. like Demio. It needs to like bring something more, something additional. Because yeah. you can play Demio perfectly on a flat screen. I mean, there is a flat screen version as well, right? And it's but, great. Like, a great yeah, PC edition is so good. Yeah, but it's in VR. I think it's cooler. It is cooler. I agree. Um, curious about you, Adam. I don't know if I asked you before. You a strategy gal or not? Not no. so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> I mean, chainsaws. Uh, right. It depends on the game, but I'm not like I think, especially the combination of strategy and space. I'm just kind of like yep. zone out at that point because there are some. I mean, I I did like like XCOM, uh, like turn based oh. stuff, but um, not the modern yeah. one or the the old one. Um. I think I liked the old one a little better, to be honest. Oh, good. But yeah. it's a mix. It really depends. Yeah, so this, this combination of space and strategy, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> what about, like, like, like Red Alert? Well, Any I of need... Because that's also, Ooh. like, kind of space. I mean, and... the closest I would get was maybe, like, StarCraft. Um, but even okay, then, yeah, it's not something yeah. I would go back to. Um, yeah. And then I guess with space in particular, I'd have to be planet side. You know what I mean? Like like mm, a No yeah. Man's Sky, not, not like a mostly flying in space it's not like elite yeah which is yes not like yeah. bit of a bit, bit, bit of a yawn fest if you're looking for action yeah i mm -hmm. got it i got it um cool okay so the next one on the list is uh survival nation so this one looks and again if you're looking for something in the looks department this looks like a mobile game uh, it's a low graphics survival title and for me the reason i'm spotting it here because some might go hey that's like lo-fi vr why would you why would you show it off is i'm always trying to scratch the itch of Daisy VR. This sports outdoor adventures, hunting, bears, scavenging, zombies, right? Multiplayer. Um, so the question is, is the formula going to work? Um, don't know, right? I have my doubts from the trailer that we're seeing, but I'm glad someone's trying. Um, and so I, I like the look of it, actually. I like Do the, you? I mean, I, I like the, 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 the style of it. Yeah, I do. I uh, I, I'm not I'm not too big on on like you know high fidelity graphics is not really a priority for me, yep. uh, but I like the the way that it's set. Like I mean I don't know the gameplay and I saw just a pop up after like uh, 
uh, when they shot the deer, it was like a like an like a hit marker or something that got like shown, like health that got rid. Like those kind of things are for me a little bit like nah. Could you do with the zombies as well? But like, exactly. Yeah. Health bars. You yeah, and I are I similar on HUD. Like It's yeah. like anti-HUD. You know, if you can take it away, take it away. Give me my immersion. And, I, I, right. and if you can take it away in the game, why show it in the trailer? Like It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the or trailer VR should game. be as immersive as possible, right? Yeah. And that's where mixed reality came in. And that's how Adam got started. <laughs> I was kind of, but, you know, excited by this one at first. Because I was like, ooh, like, I, I really want a good survival game in uh-huh. VR. Um, yeah. And so when they then showed the, the, zombies, the hunting, yeah, the right? hunting and the fishing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. What's the, And then they brought up the zombie. And I'm like, oh, man, I was like, this is just like everything. Because yeah. yeah, the graphics, I didn't mind. Like, for a survival <laughs> game, I would sacrifice, you know, knowing that it might be a bigger space or whatever. But, um, yeah. but yeah, then they kind of did the... The, the zombie, thing. yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. What was that song in the smoke? That's that's still a good shout out if people yeah. haven't uh, caught yeah, up with that. I, I, that's, that's a really good one. Probably the best on Quest Survival was. I still want Subnautica to be VRified properly. I think the team is mi- missing a beat on that one. Anyway, next up, here's a really cool thing. Uh, you remember when Dreams came uh, to VR support for PSVR? Well, the signifier is a dream reconstruction game uh, that uses incredible like rebuild technology to, to, to lean into the artifacts that you normally see in these things where you're transforming and building a 3D scene uh, with just flat photographs and it does a stitching uh, mechanism. This is a VR detective thriller, but it's, it's, it's focused on you taking um, a subject matter, I can't remember if they're dead or not, I think they are, and you're basically going into their memories and reconstructing their memories to kind of figure out facts. It looks pretty radical. Slated for early 2023. I thought this would get you on, Rowdy. Um, It reminds me, the way you're telling it, it reminds me, I don't know if people ever played that game. It's like a pixel pixel art game, I think. It's called To The Moon. It's an amazing game. I played that, that gave me cry. <laughs> I, it's on my list. It's on it's my list. It's also about like you know rebuilding memories and like uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good very, game. Very very good, insanely good. Yeah, but the story I, just reminded me of it. Is this game bit. gonna make me cry too? Uh, I never I played the flat no, version, by the way. But yeah, seeing this in VR, kind of like that volumetric capture look, would be really exactly. cool. I think. Yeah, the the photogrammetry stuff. Uh, like I've been following that for a, a long time. Probably the best example of it um, is Puzzling Places at the moment. Um, that's great. Uh, Azad and his team have made an incredible game that's, again, a great one to just sit on the couch. If you're trying to demonstrate to someone over the holidays, you, you pick up a quest. I can't think of a better game than like Puzzling Places because, again, it takes what is a flat tabletop game, which is puzzles, just standard puzzles in a puzzle box, and brings you into what feels like Google Earth. Uh, and pieces of of scenery that you reassemble. But the signifier to me, just the mechanism that they were showing, oh man, looks so cool. Looks very nice, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of things that that, that really look cool, Vertigo 2, finally, we got um, another chunk of teasers, a lot of information in the trailer. If you are uh, anti-spoiler, I would recommend don't watch. Um, but gameplay footage-wise... right now. <laughs> Cover your eyes. Ga- gameplay footage-wise... <laughs> Uh, this one, I would say, stole the show. We kind of expected it to, right? But uh, there were a number of things that, that kind of surprised me there. You had choppy seas as your as the as the character is uh, on a boat, an array of colorful and obviously well thought out weapons, weapons that you don't see in other games, um, like a crossbow with, you know, four components to it, like a crisscross. Really interesting. You had amazing bosses, including a lava fire giant 
and a mob that was like a baby T-Rex that charges you. Just some real cute stuff in here. And for those who aren't familiar with the first Vertigo, I recommend checking out Vertigo Remastered, which was redone. So it looks a bit better, looks a bit cleaner. The game has great comedy, so I can't wait for this one. Um, the thing I like about it most, I think, is the unexpected. There's a lot coming from the dev here that isn't something you expect, and then you're playing it. It's funny, it looks great, and I'm really expecting a great single-player game. It's launching Very solid as well. The story is really good. I mean, the first game, until you meet the big cat, ah, scary stuff, right? But um, <laughs> the 30th of March, 2023, I remember the first Vertigo being the probably the first game that gave me proper... Uh, like standing room scale experience with doors. You know when you step through a door in VR, yeah. but not using a joystick? I mean, actually step through a door and it feels like, it feels something different. Yeah, Vertigo 1 did that for me. So that's Vertigo 2. That's a, that's a kind of an awesome looking game trailer. Uh, next, we had <laughs> uh, our favorite of the bunch. Joy is in the name. Joyway had triplets. Yes. Uh, so we had Red Flower, which is a Japanese-themed slicing action game. Uh, that was one that's uh, that's out for people to be playing. Stack, uh, reminiscent of Ricochet. Does anyone remember Ricochet? You gotta be old to remember Ricochet. It was a Valve game. God, yes. Uh, where, <laughs> All right. That was like, like one of the like originals that the, came out with Steam, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think if you got the uh, Valve Complete Pack, whatever they called that, uh, Ricochet was one that came. It came, I think, if I'm remembering, one of the ori original Half-Lifes when they were doing the packaging. It was a multiplayer game where you had platforms and discs like Xena and you'd like knock each other off. Really fun, actually. But if, if Hover Junkers, the universe, had a baby with Ricochet, you'd get Stack. And so Stack is a new game by Joyway. I thought I'd call it out. Um, again, I can't believe they're pumping even more titles out and it's like, <laughs> How many cautions have the community said to them? But obviously they're just trying to iterate like crazy. And then the third announcement was finally, after some time, to show that they're actually delivering on what they promised was Stride Fates, which was a one-hour campaign, one-hour campaign, um, which after less than a week got pulled. And they said, oh, we're not going to launch it. Never mind. People are not happy. We're going we're gonna, to you know, put our head down and work on a five-hour campaign in 2023 instead so that's Joyway. um man someone's someone's hyper on candy because they those <laughs> devs they just keep kicking stuff out the door none of it looks bad it's not trash it's not acid bashing but it is on a conceptual side and a completionist component just very incomplete they just keep throwing stuff out there looking for their gold mine and i don't think they've found it yet but wait there's so. more that's, the, that's kind of what I got during the uh, the showcase. It was always like, a, what? but wait, there's more. And then there's like something else. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> like I think out of all of the three, because I hadn't played Stride, but Red Flowers, yeah. right? I believe that's the more, that was the first one yeah. that they showed. That one looks interesting. I think that one's in beta now, but I haven't jumped into their Discord or wherever you have to get it or App Lab or whatnot. But that one, I'd be willing to try it. Um, but yeah, didn't they have also like a sort of like a fantasy shooter they were working on at one point too, or is that the same? It got canned. Like, yeah, yeah, that, got canned. yeah. So that's kind of worrying, <laughs> but the thing is, right. This is a strategy and actually it, it, it is known to work very well if you iterate. So if you do something a hundred times versus doing it perfect five times, the person who's done it a hundred times is more likely to succeed. It's just one of those, one of those formulas. So I can see what they're going for. 
I hope they end up making enough money that they can, you know, see it through until they hit the gold vein. Um, mm. That's my my only point yeah. right there. Yeah. So there's that, and then we got <clears throat> a uh, a trailer made in Windows Movie Maker for Attack on Titan: Unbreakable. <laughs> I have no idea why um, this game has so much hype. I've played games that are like Attack on Titan in VR before. There is one on SideQuest I have not played, but I've played earlier versions of that from other devs. I'll be honest, I don't get this at all. Do either of you get into the whole like Attack on Titan vibe? I mean, um, I really I like the anime. Out. Like, I, I loved the anime, but this trailer, it's kind of like the first Behemoth trailer where can I'm like, wow. Uh, Attack on Titans, it? basically where, um, like, Titans are... so. Each of the, I don't want to call them villages, but um, Titans started taking over the world, or at least this location in the world. So um, there's these different rings of, let's call them villages. If you're kind of, if you're on the outest ring, you're kind of more screwed, so to speak, because that's the first line of defense against the Titans. It's, it's basically more- like it's it's like a giant like island that is surrounded by a giant wall, but the Titans try to breach the wall, and then they build like different inner walls in order to keep the titans out so they lose like sections each time of the of the giant city island that they build around and they try to reclaim it but i will say learning i mean i'm not going to spoil it but learning the story about or getting hints on the origins of the titans is really cool like that's i think the most exciting part is the finding out about the origins so i'm missing the lore it's not just all about hopping on the back of titans and stabbing them with little swords as a human-sized person yeah. The, the, probably the game is going to be like that. But, like, I mean, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I hate the series. I really don't like Attack on Titan. Uh, I, I n- Not because it's bad, but just because it's so depressing. It's, it's just such a such a dark series. Dark. Like, it's not something that you watch and you, you have an episode. It's like, okay, that was fun. You know, like, no, it's like, oh, damn. Like, it's it's very, it's a very nihilistic approach to doing anime yeah because i watch a lot of anime and like i just i I think i watched like two seasons and i think i read like like the the rest of the story as well it's just it's it's very very like depressing so we're like perfectly organized then on today's podcast right there's me in the middle on the wall not sure what the (laughs) fuck this is rowdy is uh is the devil on my left shoulder and there's adam the angel on the right who well why is she the angel why am i not the angel (laughs) She's wearing Look white. Me. You're Come wearing on. black. You know? She like, likes Attack on Titan. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I see. Oh, that's nice. That was a nice dig. That was a nice dig. Oh. I will say that uh, I am anyway. worried about the game, that it is just going to be like combat focused only. I mean, that oh, yeah. makes sense. 100%. But- one hundred percent. They're not gonna put the story in there. Like, the, I, I mean, you'll probably have like some main characters. It's a big IP. Like I, I'm thinking it's gonna be mainly like you know the, the combat system because it's quite unique and maybe that will work well in VR. Uh, I don't know. It might make you motion sick. I was so gonna say. probably have to tone tone <laughs> it down a little bit. But uh, the, uh, it's gonna be a little bit like that blink mechanic. I think that they're gonna use and like uh, yeah, I, multiplayer. I don't know, like I'm, single player, single player probably right. Ooh, it could be cool if it was multiplayer because you could have you could take down a Titan together because you do usually unless you're like the yeah. main character you usually need multiple people to kind of string them up and then someone stabs them in the neck. But um, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, see that? You, are you sure that she's the angel? <laughs> I am. I'm. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Trying to take down the Titans, but, but more of an archangel, fallen angel. Yeah, we got we got we got some adjectives there to attach to Adam. I'd say. Uh, so that's Attack on Titan with the um, as I said. 
most rubbish trailer award of the year, I think. Um, it was it was very limited. It was lots of sparkly Behemoth effects. all over again. The first Behemoth yeah. trailer. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the first, well, even that was better, but um, this was literally just titles. You know, you didn't have anything. There <laughs> yeah, was nothing. I'm sorry, nothing but if you, if you use flames to reveal text in a 2022 <laughs> trailer, you know, you need to buy a new computer, you know, like, and make sure you install a different... They were missing this movie maker. To be honest, they were missing summer movie announcement guy, right? Yeah. This summer this we've summer. got yeah, yeah. Attack okay. on Titan Returns. I miss that guy. I'd bring it back. Anyway, to virtual reality in full 3D. Uh, <laughs> and to, to, to round up the showcase, right? We're gonna we're gonna try and wrap this one up on upload. Um, I'm gonna give my top spot here to H3 VR. So nice. the uh, VR hot dog gun game, uh, which has been going on seven years in early access. Uh, Anton Hand is the dev behind uh, a hot dog fingered uh, inspired update for uh, horseshoes, hot dogs, and hand grenades, which is abbreviated into H3VR for those who haven't been around VR for very long. Um, yeah, so uh, I loved the the particular hubris of this little one minute clip embodying the raw spirit of not just Anton, but I think many developers who have to deal with with meta Um uh, you know, asking the question, have they ever reported to the standalone Oculus yet? No, you know, still here, still updating, still only on Steam. Um, he's got workshop support and just keeps adding to the game, uh, but has expressed earlier this year, actually, that he might move on from VR after this project. Um, personally, I think we said this last podcast about the guy. Uh, I hope he won't, you know, uh, just just pour to the bloody quest and buy a yacht, dude. <laughs> winky face uh, i'm just kidding uh stay anton stick to your values man but um yeah For i sure. gotta say if we if you loved spoon fingers if you know who spoon fingers is right now we have sausage fingers they were the creepiest things i've seen all festive season uh but yeah great great little yeah, it's, uh it's trailer it, i'm actually wondering if it's like a little bit of hint to that movie uh everything everywhere all at once huh came out this year where there was like because i saw someone posted it below there as well where the person well i'll show it on the on the video where okay. the person actually has like a universe where they they have like hot dog fingers so it shows like oh, this person with like the, right. with the hot dog fingers yeah i remember that yeah yeah that was a ridiculous part that whole movie was ridiculous it was <laughs> technical movie, masterpiece it's amazing but it's, yeah, it's it's mad amazing. it's it's absolutely mental the fact that that someone that someone actually wrote the script for that film that took a lot of doing. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It's a good film. If you're into if you're into multiple realities, uh, which we clearly are, it's a it's which a film we film. all are. Yeah. F reality. <laughs> <laughs> all but the main one, right? F realities. Uh, so 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 that was upload. Um, anything that I missed, guys? Uh, anything? Well, I mean, you Oops. missed a lot, but I think it's uh, I think it's a solid selection. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I like the Attack on Titan one. That's definitely my favorite. <laughs> <sighs> oh rowdy all right let's move on to the game awards so the uh the big the big gorilla in the room um this one i i'm, I'm really uh, impressed at the way the game awards has been showcased every single year really on point uh i loved even the pre presenter who, who kind of uh was our, our fluff talker who uh was a, a giant pink bush uh talking us through some of the introductory pieces of the ceremony and then of course Steph Knightley on stage uh, given his his intro to every single piece um but I think the thing that will be remembered the most from 2022 <laughs> is a kid named Maton Evanoff who is now dubbed as a known as the Bill Clinton kid 
who jumped on stage with those awarded for Elden Ring when they were announcing Game of the Year and proclaimed to the crowd a trolling message heard round the globe. Uh, it was an awesome moment to see live, frankly hilarious, uh, as this kid is a serial troll. Not the first time he's interrupted an awards ceremony. Um, please see this on YouTube, his reaction and admission of it being pre-planned. It's awesome troll sauce. I mean, he got he got pulled off stage. He got arrested. Um, but what I really like, and I think a lot of people have not seen, given the view count, is there is a YouTuber called Neon Sniper Panda who hosts the reaction show for this kid watching back, you know, his performance on stage. So search for Bill Clinton Kid Reacts um, and you get to see that. It's great. He keeps, he stays in character the whole time. It's just a second troll on top of his original troll. This kid's a legend in, in, in my books. So um, must have made the, um, and he did it respectfully, right? It was, a, it was a troll. He didn't interrupt the award ceremony, but I'm kind of curious. Did either of you catch that live or hear about the Clinton, the Bill Clinton kid? Not live. I didn't catch it live, no, no. But I don't know. It's just another attention-seeking whatever. So I don't know. It, it wasn't really... I don't want to say admirable. I mean, it's, it's a TikTok generation, right? Yeah, it's just no, like it's anything not for views or whatever. So it's like, eh, eh. Someone equated it to the Will Smith slap, like that it was on a similar level. But uh, I don't think it's that acidic, but it's, um, it's certainly up there. I think it will be remembered for some time. Just goes down and internet meme history, I suppose. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I, I believe in the chaotic internet. And so I hope <laughs> the chaotic internet keeps overlapping with real with the real world because people from the real world who don't know Reddit or 4chan or those sites, um, you know, they just, uh, they get, they get really surprised when this kind of thing happens <laughs> to them in the real, in the real plane of existence. Um, next up and most important, I think is, uh, the winning category for, for the game awards, right? Um, AR VR category, and um, as if by magic, Adam was right on the money. Moss Book 2. Told the crowd you. pleaser took it. Yeah, congratulations. She All the feels. I don't believe it. What do I win? I don't, you think she's... <laughs> I don't know what you win. <laughs> 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 Looks like you've already won something. I don't know. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of blinking going on there. For the uh, audio listeners, Adam has her strapped with um, Christmas lights that are glowing and hopefully won't electrocute her before the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would make a great video. That would be a one of a kind yeah. video, that's for sure. Yeah, that would that would <laughs> definitely go viral. <laughs> if you're not so much for zombies, then then just don't become one, is what I would say. But yeah, hats off uh, to Moss Book Two for taking the award. Uh, we also had a second winner, who's on my other side, uh, which is Rowdy. Rowdy, did you realize that no. MetaStore picked for their game of the year the Last Clockwinder? Oh, there we go. Well deserved. It's the best uh, game of the year for sure. I'm obviously among great company. You guys have great <laughs> taste, and, uh, you know, there you go. You've got the last clock winder on one side, Moss Book 2 on the other. Everybody's Everybody wins. <laughs> did you, you, get you get a prize. You get a prize. You pick no one, no, no, no one gets to talk about Bone Lab anymore. I think it's, it's, it's now dead. Okay, so um, with that theme of everybody winning, Sony absolutely murdered on stage. They took home like nine awards, bodes very well for PSVR 2, uh, their game catalogs, just everything that they've got, the clout behind them, the money, the studios supported. Um, they mopped up a bunch of awards with God of War Ragnarok. And um, 
We also got a little bit of insight into another uh, game that they, has been dripped out, drip fed. Uh, this one's by Endreams, so Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord, which is showing now a bit of gameplay footage. And so we'll show that for you. Um, it's giving a more cartoony style rather than gritty. And so, again, I'm holding Rowdy to account here. Um, if you're saying that, you know, visuals aren't such a big thing for you, do you think that this kind of aesthetic being less adult, less spooky or scary like, you know, the, the films were, uh, obviously designed more for kind of an entertainment uh, spectrum, is right fit for Rise of the Ghost Lord? Do you, do you think that that's the right approach that they're taking for Ghostbusters? So that, that it's less spooky or that it's more spooky? So the game is going to be less. It, it appears like it's going to be less spooky. It's more of a it kind of colorful. Um, but do you find the, the film spooky? That's what else. No, but it can't be. And I, kind of, you know, not humorous. scary. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a it's it's a humorous. But uh, the setting the setting itself is a little bit more um, adult. That's the only way I would put it. You know, really, than, I, I don't have that feeling. Like I I find that the I, I always thought there were kid movies even. Really? Oh I well, it's. Too. It's a kid movie insofar as like a a Pixar film is a kid movie uh, in that it is still steep with some kind of adult undertones. Yeah, like, of course. Of course. There's a part where. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I mean, so is Home Alone, right? <laughs> yeah. So is Home Alone is also, you know, there's also topics in there that are probably not yeah. really for kids specifically. It's more to keep it entertaining for an adult audience, right? Yeah. But yeah. what, like, I suppose it's more asking the question then, what do you, what would you want? Right. If you had a magic wand um, or a magic ectoplastic trap or something, uh, how what would you design your Ghostbusters game to be like? Would it be more like a phasmophobia? Would it be like what we're seeing on screen? Something different? I'm just kind of curious. What do you think would be I mean, fun? I, I've, I'm going to be honest. I've never been really that big into Ghostbusters. So it kind of like passed me a little bit. Um, I'm also not too big on scary games. So that's definitely something I would I would go for. But like... No. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really waiting for this game, just in general. Like, uh, yeah. I, this is not something... I mean, maybe if I play it, I think it's awesome. But I don't really have the... I think the multiplayer aspect is really important. And in terms of graphics, I think that any kind of style can work well if it's something that a developer really commits to. Because I think something like this would even look great if it was cel-shaded. You know, like, I, yeah. I love cel-shaded games it's just close. in general. Yeah, yeah it's it, close is, to that. it is, it is. And yeah. I, I, I think that some of the best games that I played are, are cell shaded. So I, I think I, I don't, the, the thing is like, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't find visuals important. It is like, like how the creator commits to the style and how, yeah. how, how, if they just take assets and they, you know, they render something over it and they call it quits, you know, yeah. that's not really my kind of thing. I, if it's hyper-realistic, you know, then that's awesome. But for me, a good game doesn't need to be like hyper realistic in order for it to to work yeah. well. As long as it also, like fits the style. Hyper realistic doesn't really work on certain platforms. Like Quest can't do shadows mm. very well at all. Like it doesn't do darks well. It doesn't do shadows well. It doesn't do transparencies well. Um, so that limits you a lot when you think about kind of a Ghostbusters experience. Kind of agree with you. I, th I think I think this is kind of the right track for them to be going. I don't know, Adam. Are you a Ghostbusters gal? I'm, I'm kind of like Rowdy. I don't. Kind of, I take it or leave it, you know. So I like the movies. Um, like yeah. I, I'm more interested in the fact that this is co-op because I'm always looking right. for yeah, any kind exactly. of co-op. So I, it, the art style doesn't bother or like you know stress me out too much. As as like how is how is the gameplay going to be 
for co-op because I, I'm imagining almost like a like a campy Left 4 Dead. You know, you got like four players, and but instead yeah. of going after zombies, you know, you're doing ghost busting, silly things. So the, the gra- mm. as long as it plays well with other people, I could, you know, probably look past some graphics. But I, I wouldn't expect it to be like like phasmophobia dark, but because it's, no. it's you know, more campy and fun. So adding some colors, you know, I think fine. That's good. Yeah. But, but and, see, and you bring see, a good point trailer, here. Seeing the trailer, I'm not really... I'm not really feeling it for me personally. Like it's, it's, yeah. I think the, the multiplayer aspect is going to be the core thing in it. And I, I, I don't, the, the trailer doesn't give me a vibe of like a game that has like some solid kind of strategy. Multiplayer elements, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So for me, the thing is, and, and we saw this with Stormland, if you, if you and your co-op players have the exact same role and the exact same tools, right? What makes you rely on each other? One of the mechanics in Left 4 Dead, and I'm a huge Left 4 Dead fan. Uh, I 100%ed the first game, almost 100%ed the second, which is not easy. Um, is the fact that you had to, you know, you had to get your buddy up or whatever, and then you had to rely on the fact that you had different equipment, not by role. You're, you didn't have to pick a different class, but the equipment you were carrying was going to be different um, just by the nature of what you find on the ground, for example. So I, I hope they bring that in. I hope they know that lesson is an important one for a gripping multiplayer that really sticks and makes you feel individual while you're playing with others. Mm-hmm. Um, Dumb so question, but do we know, is this only coming out for Quest? Uh, n- I believe it's also slated for other platforms, but I don't want to say that because I um, mm. don't know it for sure. Okay. Uh, so anyways, the punchline here is Sony's killing it. PSVR 2 hype meter going up even more. Um, it's great to see them win some more awards. Studios to get more attention, money, sales, all that, right, is good news for us for the future of VR, I would say. Um, On top of all of that, we got a Skydance Interactive Entertainment peak, uh, a longer, we we had a teaser, and now this is more like a trailer for Behemoth. Now, Behemoth is, in the trailer, looking fantastic. Um, It's the same studio behind Saints and Sinners. The recent Chapter 2 that we got from them has been entertaining me a lot. I'm still playing it. We'll continue to play that. Must be nice. Um, (laughs) they are patching it like mad to get it ready by the time you get your hands on it adam i'm sure it'll be great and it'll look amazing so you're not missing out i think i think this is uh very similar to when the solaris devs launched on quest before psvr uh their main audience but the cinematic trailer showcases behemoth's brutal yet tactical vr combat um, and this breathtaking traversal gameplay as players conquer again monolithic beings in this grim like unforgiving landscape uh, it's story-driven, single-player. It's going to be launching not only on Quest 2, which I'm actually worried about, but also PSVR 2 and PC VR, where I think are going to be the platforms to play it if you have those, right? Um, this is what you're going to do in the game, okay? So, actually, before I go into what the game's all about, what what are your reactions to the trailer and Behemoth in general? I, I think I think it's, again, I think it's a bullshit trailer. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I it just Love pisses it. me off so much, like... Like, I understand that you do a cinematic trailer for The Witcher. You know, The Witcher has been famous with the books. Everybody knows. Everyone uh, has played the first two games. You make cinematic trailers about the three ones. Everyone knows what to expect. I have no no clue what what this game is about. They show a lot of, like, visceral combat, this and that. For all I care, you know, this could be something completely different. It could be third person. Like, I have no... I mean, I don't expect it to be, but, like... (laughs) I just wish that, why don't they just make like a regular trailer 
and 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 show some actual gameplay so to have an idea what this game is about like or how it looks or like what the style is it's mm-hmm. it's so annoying like first they do that that name reveal crap like which just shows like you know again like okay this time it didn't have flames but now now again it's this like you know what what, what, am, I su- what am i supposed to know I, I don't know anything about this game could be good maybe I agree 100% because I see this and I'm like, okay, first, knowing that this, I want to see actual gameplay because I don't know, my thoughts just looking at the cinematic are how the heck would this even work for like a quest? But then you kind of raises your expectations to be like, oh, this is going to be some kind of super pretty game. And then when you see, you know, potentially the actual gameplay and it's like brown and I don't know, like. It's like the Mad Hatter set. This might (laughs) turn out to be a fucking card game. You know, (laughs) (laughs) who knows? Like, yeah. So, uh, it reminds me of Starfield, okay? Because Starfield had so much hype built up for it. Very similar like the Elder Scrolls. Bethesda's great at doing this. They put out hype stuff. And then when they unveil the the actual experience that you're, you can be expected to be playing, it's almost always a letdown. But I'm, I'm unlike you both. Okay, my reaction was very similar in that I thought, yeah, right, right? <laughs> like, I was like, no way, no way in hell this is going to run on Quest, right? Not looking like that. And so it makes me very nervous that you're going to get something really cut back um, that we've seen done on PSVR, we've seen on Quest before, where it's so much of a sh- shade of the, its former self or of its big brother on PSVR 2 or PCVR that it's just like almost not worth playing. Um, I love Skydance. I love the way that they're doing stuff. So for me, the hype trailer, as long as you can not use that to set your expectations for the game and rather just get yourself... Um, what's the lore, what's the world, what's the setting, then it's okay. It's more like, a, sure. you, you know, it's like an intro, it's like an intro to a Diablo game. Just don't look right? at it. They have amazing <laughs> cinematics, but it really just sets the feel, the vibe for the game you're going to play. Like whoever saw the Diablo trailers back in the day and thought, that's what I'm going to be playing. And then you're playing this like 2D action game. Very different, but, but still got me established. What is Behemoth? Have you ever played Behemoth before? That's true. Too. Well, Any behemoth, is there a behemoth book? Is there a it's behemoth true across movie? Blizzard games? It's true across Blizzard games. They did it it's... in StarCraft as well, where they try to give you the best looking cinematic to, so you not understand the world you're playing in to kind of help your imagination along. So let me tell you what the game's about. So just fill right. in some of the blanks, okay? Because they have given those details. So in Behemoth, uh, players will explore the plague ravished wasteland of a once glorious empire, where its inhabitants are driven mad and cities have fallen to ruin. In glorious VR fashion, players' bodies and minds will be tested as they combat towering, colossal giants called behemoths. So it's not just one, there's many of them. Raw strength won't be enough, however, as they must use various tools in their arsenal to defeat these gigantic creatures and the other nightmarish enemies that scour this brutal world in their quest for a possible cure. I gotta say, coming out of COVID lockdown stuff, a world that's scoured by a plague... Sounds kind of fun. All right. I am reservedly excited for this game. Why? I played Asgard's Wrath and I saw what was possible with that game. And that was incredible. Different studio. Saints and Sinners has been slowly prying itself open from a very linear point to point game to more more open world. Go where you want. Do what you want. Free will. Um, But one question I have just looking at myself in the mirror, not the meta mirror. We'll come to that. Uh, is how can I despise Attack on Titan's concept and love this? Like taking down massive bosses at scale. I loved Serious Sam in VR and, and in flat when I played it. 
Um, this has a chance if it's less linear and more open world, I think. And of course, the world itself, the snow covered, you know, plane of, of ancient artifacts um, gives me that Skyrim flavor, which of mm-hmm. course I love. How does that all come together? So, yes, I'm eager for gameplay. Um, does that give you any more of a, a sense of what's coming for Behemoth? Not really. Like, I mean, for me, it's still like, is this open world? Like, or is it linear? Well, yeah, I think that's already is, a big thing. They're good at kind of making it feel like open world and different chunks. You know what I mean? So maybe they might do something similar. Because yeah. there was like a cave scene, I think, in one of the trailers. So maybe the cave will be a like instance. Like have more like instanced uh, areas that you can travel to is my guess. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how they're going to have giant behemoths on the quest. <laughs> or like, I don't know <laughs> how... Because, uh, like, Attack on Titan, that's sort of a more cartoony look, so maybe they can get away with it because they're not doing realistic graphics. But if Behemoth is going to be as realistic as it's looking in the cinematics, which it may not be, we don't know, I, I just, I don't understand. My brain can't um, yeah. figure it out. It could be but, awesome. What just frustrates me is that I have no idea after reading that description or seeing that trailer, I have no idea how this game plays or if I should be excited about it. Does the story sound awesome? Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, yeah pretty cool. Well, yeah, I, I, the one thing that's got me concerned and having played The Climb, Robinson's the, Robinson the Journey, right? Games like that. If you're going to be taking on a behemoth and have a couple of different tools or whatever that you need to do to take them down and you are like in the thing, you're like holding onto a rope and trying to climb up that rope. How clunky is that going to feel when you're not doing what the game needs to take down the behemoth like is the failure route gonna feel like you fell off a rope the guy smacked you away batted you off like a fly like how good is that going to feel as a player please not please not black screen (laughs) it fades Um, to black and then you wake up on a scar on a card in skyrim right (laughs) (laughs) whoa Inception. Rowdy, that would probably just make me happy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the reverse. I've been here before. <laughs> uh, yes, this looks familiar. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I think if they did that emulated Skyrim and that was like ninety percent of their game. <laughs> oh gosh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it is what, an what's open the answer world. though? They have giants. What's the answer for people like you guys? Like you guys don't want like flashy trailers like old Zim. Um, what do you want? How should a studio? It's your game. You're making Behemoth. How should a studio? Uh, present itself then as it's developing the game just early gameplay footage or something else but the the thing is it's a vr game right so i you need to sell the vr aspect show me a cinematic trailer what does that i i i I don't know what that shows i I would like to see Uh, some actual gameplay in chat, the name also makes me giggle from a laxative pain. <laughs> they, they said that um, they think it was made for the casual audience of the Game Awards. So seeing gameplay is especially important for VR, but it's normal to reveal big games with flashy, expensive, uh, pre-rendered CG. So I can kind of see that since this wasn't for a VR specific mm. showcase. Maybe they just kind of more I general agree audience. With that. What is the thing you remember most about the Half-Life trailer? Half-Life Alex? I don't remember uh, the trailer. Most... Yeah. Probably the um, the uh, head crab jumping through boxes. Exactly. At the player. Exactly. At the player. 
the, the the entire way that they did that like that 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 smooth locomotion where the Vertigo Two guy uh, I think worked on as well in order yep. to get like that kind of thing, so that you felt like this is a VR game. You know, this is awesome. The way that he interacts with like the gun, he picks up the mechanics. You show all of those physics that are possible yeah. in a VR game. That's what you sell. I, Valve has given the prototype photo with their Half Life Alex trailer. That's that's what I think would be a cool trailer for any kind of VR game if you have an unlimited budget in order to make that. But and if you're ready, right? Because they, if, they might not yeah. be at that stage of development. Like, so you, thing, would, yeah. you would rather keep it behind closed doors until that's be, ready. Like, the only thing that this trailer shows to me is that this could still be binned. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. And obviously you put a lot of money into getting the name out there. So better yeah. deliver now. All right, SIE. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> All right. Let's speak about other worlds uh, that are VR-esque in nature. Um, one that I, I still don't know how this hasn't come to VR yet. Formally, I know in mods it has. Cyberpunk 2077, okay, was also shown at the Game Awards. Uh, now, Night City is bringing in Idris Elba as character Solomon Reed in the game. They already have Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand. And looking at this trailer, I don't know. I don't know what's real anymore because, <laughs> um, you know, it's starting to look pretty damn good. And I know, you know, having played games as far back as like Quake 2 in VR, what even playing any of those games, being in that world can feel like. I think the closest thing we've got is probably Lo-Fi. You know, that's another project that's coming out for PSVR 2 and other things, but the cyberpunk world, I know it had a, a rough start, um, but with, with, with the new announcement that they had for their expansion coming to the game, uh, you know, cyberpunk, VR, come on, guys. Like, why why is this not a VR game already? I, I don't get it. They can take, take on Rockstar and, and people like that. Like, I don't get it. So, uh, have either of you played Cyberpunk? Yes. I put many, many hours into Cyberpunk. And I think the reason why they haven't probably gone into VR yet is they're just trying to fix all of the issues they had in the beginning, (sighs) plus deliver the content that they promised would come out, which hasn't because they Mm. were fixed. So, I think they're just backlogged. Like, I think it's just a massive backlog on their end. And I I don't know. Cyberpunk and VR, I mean, yeah, there's been mods and stuff, but I feel like if if they were to do it somehow, it would be very performance heavy. Like if it was true heavy. to, yeah, and, you know. And I think the, the effort outweighs the markets a little bit mm-hmm. as well. There's just not enough people waiting for it to play it in VR. It's better to put your efforts in making a DLC. Uh, well, well, there's another thing you can do with Cyberpunk now. Uh, for those who are affluent, well off and have a Tesla, you can now play <laughs> Cyberpunk inside your Tesla. Full form native cyberpunk 2077 in your tesla i say this because i know a couple of our listeners have teslas and so i was like all right let's cover tesla features on this tech of a podcast um i have i have actually played games inside a tesla on this tablet screen i don't personally like teslas i'll I'll just say that because they're um they're a bit too like rounded corners like things aren't utilitarian enough for me like i would prefer just a pickup truck or something um you know but if you're They've got a front, I guess. Truck. <laughs> love it, love Sorry. it, love it, Rowdy. No, that's that, 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 that's awesome, you two. Ah, oh, God, here I am stuck in the middle between these two. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So anyway, cyberpunk in 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 your cyber truck. Is, is too <laughs> Say it again, Zim. You're gonna time. kill me. You're gonna kill People me. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we talked about Sony winning at the awards like just, oh, my God, they, they did so well. We did see Reggie on stage for a while from his ex Nintendo boss uh, position, which was cool. Um, 
But now we got news a couple of days after the Game Awards that Lady D is coming to 3D. So Resident Evil Village, we've talked about this on the podcast. I mean, this is years ago now that we knew that we, we expected this to come and now it's confirmed. So we've got Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8, right? Is going to support VR. We knew the VR mode a little time ago, but it's going to be free, free DLC. If you already had the uh, uh, Resident Evil 8 uh, Village, then that's dropping at the end of February. So you can get your hands on the update at no extra cost. I personally have been saving myself for Lady D. Uh, thank God. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't experienced that game at all. I'll be honest, as an RE7 fan, which was a bit of a scary game, like quite quite a good horror experience, I've heard that RE8 has been catered to a more casual audience, which really made me cry originally when I heard it. I'll still enjoy, I'm sure, going through the game. Uh, but I've saved myself. Uh, Adam, you're nodding away. Have you played RE8? Have you, yes. Are you into I've, that stuff? I've played 7 and 8. I didn't try it in VR, though. But I I might be willing to try it with the PlayStation, um, mostly out of curiosity, and if it was on sale. <laughs> but, since I've already you gone say the curiosity, story, I'm nervous now. I just think of your TikTok, and I go, curiosity, <laughs> that TikTok account. I'm, I'm worried where this is headed. But I mean, we'd have to figure out how to record on the PlayStation first, so don't worry about it. It'll take some time. <laughs> that's not difficult that's not difficult i can give you tips how to do that you can actually even just remote from your playstation right to a pc very easy but I to mean, do for like vr because um, it doesn't it have the isn't foveated rendering kind of mess with the record i don't know i'd have to i have to go into it we don't know yet yeah. this is the answer that's we the don't thing, know like, yet and, creators and, are like don't know and what, what i just don't I mean, with this as well, like what makes me again a lot less excited. I'm sorry for being such a downer this episode, but like, why the devil? This episode, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This episode, the it says VR mode, right? It doesn't say VR. Mm. It is the full game. It's the full game. It says uh, in the tweet. I, oh yeah, I, I don't doubt it's it's the it's the full game, but it's the full game in a VR mode. Maybe like a like, Vorpix version versus like actual. Yeah. Remember, yeah. this is coming from. Uh, a Japanese studio. So it could be lost in translation. That's the way I read it. I don't see any, I don't read into this any, any further. Um, I don't know. I, like, I, you're worried I think about this it, is then. going to be a little bit like, you know, I am with my VR experiences, right? <laughs> like I don't, I don't call something VR if it's not fully VR, you know, I want yeah, my, yeah. I want my hand controllers in there. I want to be fully surrounded, spatial audio, like all of those things need to be there to deserve the title of, of being virtual reality. VR modes that yeah, Vorpex kind of stuff. Although it might look cool. Like if, if you like Resident Evil 8, then, you know, I think it's maybe awesome for like 20 minutes to try it out. Yep. But like playing the game then again in VR because it's a whole new experience. I don't know. Could I, also be I, rough I mean, on people. Know. You know, RE7 yeah. was quite rough. It had, yeah, if anyone sure. remembers, when it first launched, I think they fixed this subsequently, but they would black out in certain scenes. Yeah. Um, and also, like, if your head got near a wall or things like that, that it, it was it was rough. Yeah. Uh, it was I, rough. I it reminded me of... a VR mode. I, I, I didn't, for me, that wasn't that. really virtual reality. Again, you had no real controllers. You had no... Yeah, you just had the DualShock, right? Yeah, so, exactly. At the time. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, RE, RE8. And then here I just want to give a quick uh, thanks and plug to Adam's great job on the thumbnail this time around. <laughs> I love having Lady D playing with the ball, not playing with the balls, <laughs> say something else, Sam. Um, playing with the one. baubles? What are they called? What are they called? What are ornaments? the Christmas ornaments just called? Ornaments. There you go. any term with, the, with B in it. Nice save good. there. Nice <laughs> save. Yeah. Good I'm job. I'm not sure I saved it. 
Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Okay, so that was um, that was the Game Awards. Unless there was anything else that you two thought was particularly worthy of a highlight, we'll go to resolution. So, okay, resolution Game Awards. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit in the sponsor spot. Uh, I'm going to move into the games now and go just game by game. So, uh, first off, Demio Reign of Madness. Uh, we had a tease to this prior uh, to its launch. This is the fifth book in their uh, five-book saga uh, that Demio has had, which has been really awesome. Really, really awesome, going after the Mad Elven King from the beginning to the end. It's one of those things where when you have anything that's a chapter basis, God, how many VR games actually make it to the end of, like, putting out their half <laughs> games? I am so glad they completed the set. It, I, like, they totally deserve it. It's really awesome. But this uh, Reign of Madness mode, we got to play as a team, so we're going to get to reflect on that. Jose got to be the Barbarian class, which is the new class, the guy who's got, like, the um, hook chain grappling hook and jumps over buildings and all kinds of fancy stuff. Um, and then there's uh, we also got to know that in the future, we've got a PvP mode coming with uh, Demio Battles, uh, which is like a card-based, you set yourself up, stack your deck, and then go against an opponent. That's coming next year. They also landed on the Epic Games Store, added controller support, Steam Deck support. Apparently it runs very well uh, and are also coming to PSVR 2 uh, with all their haptics and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Demi Arena Madness, guys, what, what, what did you both think? I really liked it. Um, I mean, but I've loved a lot of Demi. I mean, I feel like every campaign gets more difficult, though. So I, I do like to tell people, hey, if you want to if you're just playing Demio for the first time and you're picking this random campaign because it looks pretty, maybe not. Maybe start with Rat King because it's only going to get harder from there. Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Start with Rat King. That was the third one, right? No, no, I no. I don't think so. Wasn't that the first one? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, what? the first one was the Elven Queen. Yeah, Elven Queen. Rat King yeah. is hard as balls. It's really <laughs> tough. We know we we spent four hours in a grueling fight against the Rat King. Hang on a well, second. Well, go by go by release order go, then, go whichever that order yeah. is. And it's usually going to be easier. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus we Christ. we may not have gotten to the end of this one, but we got to get an idea for the mechanics and you know the Scorpion Barbarian. Yeah. So it was it was fun. I think it's a good addition to you know everything that Demio already has to offer. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. I put a little tips video on it if anyone wants a bit of a no, you know, kind of a spoiler free, I'd call it um, introduction to uh, the basic mechanics and one tough, bad thing that's going to be fighting. Yeah, I won't say any more here just for people who are purists and like to experience that stuff firsthand themselves. Rowdy, uh, how was it from your sacrificial seat? Uh, how did you feel this time? <laughs> I didn't get sacrificed. So that's already a great thing. My battery did die. So I kind of sacrificed yeah. myself this time. Uh, but um, no, great game. I mean, uh, it's 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 always fun. I like the, the the characters as well. I played as a, I think it's called the wait the warlock warlock, warlock right? Yep. The warlock. Uh, so yeah, awesome. Like I, I like how different each of the characters are, uh, so that they're like each have their own like kind of style to play with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great game. Great trailer as well, by the way. You know, I like the cinematic part in the beginning and then showing actually some gameplay. Yeah, I like that. Good mix. Oh, my, so again, this is another one where I was reminded of Blizzard when I saw the trailer. It really is, again, a really cool trailer, um, the cinematic part. And again, that goes, but I think here you get that with gameplay, right? Here's the game and here's the world. And they're doing that. They're feeding that to you really at the same time yeah. so that you don't get the bad taste in your mouth of, yeah, you're lying to me, guys. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, that's and, and I, I, I do agree there is something nice about that. Uh, so that's 
Reign of Madness. Okay. Um, definitely go play it. Great. Uh, and one little tidbit that I heard, now this is unconfirmed, but I'll say it because I heard it and it excites me, is that although they're closing the book and this is the final chapter of the whole Elven King saga, apparently they're opening up a new book and potentially that's coming next year, which means uh, the Demio good times are not over. I was a little worried that they were going to close it down and maybe use the game engine for another thing like tabletop board games or something. Um but maybe it'll be something else. Maybe we'll get something spacey. Maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll get a something... rat queen. You <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Resolution, please don't listen to me. That was a joke. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. We had enough with the rat king, to be honest. Um, but the other really exciting piece of news from their lineup was that we got a brand new title. Now, we kind of called this last time. Uh, kind of surprised that 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 was it, but Spatial Ops, which they've been, as I said, teasing out on their socials for the last couple of months, is now in open beta on SideQuest. You can just sideload the APK file. Spatial Ops is a local co-op multiplayer, so if you liked games like Space Pirate Arena, there's a couple of others similar in that space where you've got a fair amount of space to play with and you want to use a quest. In this case, you need more than one. Um, you can play solo with bots, but the bots really, uh, you'd kind of get pissed off at them after five or ten <laughs> minutes, I would say. This is basically a, a kind of a, a combat shooter, a lot of close quarters combat with some arcade style weapons. You've got like a Tommy gun and a grenade and all these different things. Really, really, really fun to play. Uh, I got the opportunity to play this with my kids throughout the last week, and it's been totally awesome. Just cleared out our little basement and... We're able to play back and forth. You say all, but my daughter is is dastardly. She Good. was known for knifing people in Ocean Craft, and this was no different. Very right? proud. <laughs> how was dead, the uh, dead... how was yeah, the pass through on the quest? Like, did the black and white? Because I'm guessing all of the actual yep. in-game stuff is obviously color. But did the black and white pass through bother you at all for the real life stuff? Right. Uh, from a creative perspective, when it's flattened to a video, um, it can look a little bit disorienting, uh, a little bit mushy. And um, a lot of people on Twitter, um, including Anton, I think, were, were basically saying, well, F that, right? That does, that looks like a complete mess. It give me a headache. I get sick in two minutes. It is absolutely not that way in person. It is a very comfortable, well-grounded experience. Um, the boxes, the colored objects, right, that you're putting out in your scene, like... Um, the large metal windowed barriers, for example, the weapon boxes, the crates that you can stack up as you make a custom level for yourself is one of the most fun things about the game is just like custom creation. They don't move an iota. And the most magical thing and where I take my hat off is if you ever played Space Pirate Arena, the setup was a complete ball ache. I mean, drives you mad, spend 30 minutes, an hour, sometimes ruins your whole game session just trying to get the setup right. Um, uh, I had a thing that we used to put down. This is Space Pirate Arena I'm talking about now, which is a great game. One versus one. Super fun. Um, you know, 30 by 30 feet. Giant space requirement. Fixed space requirement. And the problem with all of that was Meta's Guardian boundary system because you'd have to do the line in the sand boundary. And actually, the only way that I found in a repeatable way to do that on two headsets, get them set up, oriented in the right way, was you'd like swing your your arm as a pendulum. You'd stand in the center of your play space. You'd swing your arm back and forth, 
it would draw an X, basically. You'd swing it two ways, so you'd have like a cross line, and then you'd fill in the gaps quickly. But if you didn't do it within 10 minutes, it would blank your stuff out, you'd start over again. Ugh. So all of that, pardon my language here, but all of that shit is done. It's gone. They sidestep all of the Guardian setup. You can disable your Guardian if you want. I just usually draw it wider than my, you know, in this case, my basement. And all they have, Rowdy will love this, X, Y, Z, right? Like the three axes. That's all they have you set up. You go into one corner of your room, you draw one vector, one arrow, basically, two dots. You draw another vector to, to map your two walls. You then tell it the height of your room. That's it. Nice. And if you're on the second headset, that's all you do. And then you just network in with a room code, just like you would for Walkabout Mini Golf. And the reason they've got the code, I understand, is if you've got multiple people in the same area, like you're a VR arcade sporting this game, you're not joining the wrong lobby, right? Mm -hmm. But I would have liked there to be an option to not use the room code because it's like, it's just me and the, yeah, like, just, just join the game. Just click it, especially when you're dealing with children and you're like, the code is 9745, right? And trying to get them to then input that into the system can be a little bit of a hurdle for family gaming. Uh, but aside from that, Man, the game is great. It's really good. The, the The weapons are like Team Fortress 2 weapons. So you've got a bazooka, fires a, like the, the rocket doesn't come out instantly. It like, it's slow and then comes out and does splash damage. Uh, the grenades are super fun to pop through a window and duck down and that type of thing. There's a health vial that you can throw on the ground and it gives you ebbing health back. Um, but yeah, the customization, the custom levels, being able to save and name your levels and, and store a whole bunch of them. Uh, there didn't seem to be an obvious limit. Um, it just means that people with multiple rooms, different size homes, as long as you can clear some space, you can clear rooms, connect hallways, all this kind of thing. I don't think it can do multi-level like Custom House Mapper can. So you can't go Ooh. up and down staircases. But I have to say, if you get the opportunity, even for single player, just to dabble with this, go to side quest, side load it, toy around with it. Loads of fun. I'm not going to have to buy another quest for my husband now. I don't know if I could justify that just for, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Spatial looks really cool, but man, that's a lot of money to blow for one video game. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there'll be more. Like if, yeah, I guess. Wait a little bit. It's not good enough to buy another headset, I would just say, but we have had, like, my, my son has been asking every single night the last week to come play this game. That's, it's really great fun because you're diving on the floor or whatever. I mean... <laughs> It beats Space Pirate Arena. I'll say that much. Space Pirate Arena, I love. But having to go rent a basketball court or whatever to go do it is one thing. The other thing is, this isn't just 1v1. And there is a limit. So I used to play with my friend Buck from Scotland to London. And we would set up our same systems, orient ourselves. He'd be in a park. I'd be in my back garden. And we'd play multiplayer over the internet. I don't think you can do that with this, mm. uh, which is which is a little bit of a shame. But you understand because you need to have the exact same size space. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be oriented in that way and objects, for example, I would place boxes over a television so the kids don't go smashing into that because naturally your body says don't hit that. It looks like a solid object. So anyway, um, I'm enthused about the game. It's multiplayer up to eight players, I believe. Um, so yeah, if you want to go spend two grand on, on quests or three grand on quests and, uh, you know, you're a, you're a VR arcade owner, this would probably do really well. Uh, again, just a reminder Outdoors with Quest doesn't work very well because of the controllers and it's ill-advised because of the damage that you can do to the lenses. So I'd recommend people maybe not do that on a on a good like uh, snowy winter day when the sun isn't like coming through the clouds or whatever. Go out there during dusk or something. You could you could play outdoors, um, you know, but don't expect more than kind of an hour, an hour and a half until the lighting levels 
screw up your gameplay. So that's Spatial Ops. That's the new one. And that one's really good. Nice. Um, nice. Next up is Bait. This one's for Rowdy. And it's dad, right? Yeah, it's mostly, the fishing, mostly my dad. Fishing Buddies update. Um, so this one's interesting because it brings multiplayer to Bait. Bait is a free game. You can just download that now. And um, it's a fishing game. Very kind of cartoony, arcadey. You, you pick up, you, you fish for, as you would imagine in VR, you, you fish for and uh, get a whole bunch of different fish. They've added some fish to the game as well. But now... And this is a part that was in the Resolution Game Showcase, which I absolutely loved. And hearing it was like, oh, they are geniuses, right? They're really smart. Not just because they're a sponsor and sponsor this podcast, but also <laughs> because I think it's a really smart thing. They established a what they call a Tinyverse department. And the purpose of the Tinyverse department is to implement in each of their games a social hangout. Remember when I was complaining about Among Us and how the cafeteria didn't have that? They're trying to implement that in all of their games so that there's a place where you can meet up, hang out, either before or after you have your game. I love that. So smart. It's like Walkabout. Across you know, Walkabout does a good well. job with that, too. It's in each individual right. game at the moment. It's not cross games. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they're bringing that now to bait with the Fish and Buddies update, right? So there are two new levels that unlock once you've gotten through the main tutorial. So if you're like me and you haven't played bait in a while, you go and you go, where's the new update? Uh, you got to just beat the tutorial first, which is like five minute job. And then you'll unlock, um, there's two places, Caster's Cove and Penguin Point are the multiplayer ones. Uh, I think Penguin Point, you could play with up to 12 people, kind of around a, a, an iced out uh, open area where you can all fish and it's like a tournament. And then there's a kind of a hangout place, which is Caster's Cove. It's got kind of a tiki bar and the main, uh, like the main NPC in that who's selling you stuff. He's sitting in there and um, you can upgrade your gear. The coolest thing I thought, this is kind of silly, um, you could sit in one of those inflatable rings in the pond and just paddle along with each other, just hanging out. I thought that'd be so awesome to do, just sitting on a couch with some buddies, just talking like it's after or before things. a game. It is the little things. And I've never seen that done. Um, now I want one like that, but where you're on almost like a ride or some rapids, so you can like hang out with your buddies. The other things you can do in there are, um, they have a remote controlled, like one of those like handheld remote controlled, like fishing boats, not fishing boats, sorry, speed boats mm. and ramps. So you're like running around a, a figure eight track it's a four-player, I think, game, and you each control a separate boat. And again, it's just something to kill time with. The thing that really got me, uh, because it's feckin' difficult, is their Souls-level difficulty stone-skipping game. Oh, God. Which wants you to throw an Oculus controller at your local monitor, Right. I don't use the straps. I'm I'm a safetyless dude. Hey, I've got three kids. What are you gonna say? But the stone the stone skipping game. If you guys can figure it out, tell me how it works because I couldn't work it out. I'm trying to skip stones like every way I could. It's like real couldn't life. Do it. <laughs> Just like real life. Just like real life. Um, honestly, this is true about me. When I was a kid in the Caribbean growing up, skipping stones, uh, I skipped the stone right across my brother's forehead and it was like a, a horror film so the stone went right across his forehead and i was like oh god are you okay and then literally line oh. of blood just came pouring down his face um so i do have a little bit of history in stone skipping unfortunately does that mean you win <laughs> he wasn't scarred for life but right. yeah you don't I have suppose. a special brother now <laughs> i know he stayed away from me since then he's back at home in ireland now <laughs> okay. 
Uh, so that was bait and their update with the Fish and Buddies update. Um, the other ones that we had, we'll just skip through pretty quick. Uh, Blast On has gone free to play. Not a surprise at all to me, honestly, especially because we've had other games now coming like Broken Edge and um, yeah. Silver Lights or what? Silver Lights? No, wait, I'm getting that wrong. Iron Lights um, that, that have done one versus one battlers before. And um, so what they're doing is if you purchase the game before, you basically get a bundle of coins or whatever in the game credits to then spend on the cosmetics. So you're not getting shafted for having bought into it early on. I think that's really good. I totally welcome it because it's a fun game. And in particular, that's one of those family games where if you have two quests and you want to just play, that can do mixed reality as well. You can play in your own room or whatever. I don't particularly like that. I like when you just go to one of their fantasy setups, but again, you're just grabbing like and slow firing projectiles at each other that come at each other, like literally slow bullet style, like Max Payne. And um, that's another good one to, you know, try out over the holidays. You got no reason not to. It's free. So there you go. Plus, you don't have a second quest. Looking oh, at you, Adam. Thanks. Thanks for rubbing it in. Jeez. <laughs> it's not me. It's resolution. They Isn't just, it? Besides yeah. the, the being able to play it in the same space, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's cross-platform multiplayer. I think you're right. So not totally Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot the blast on. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Because you got an index, too. So yeah. sounds like you're you're all sorted there for, um, you know, settling couples' disputes just by shooting each other. I totally recommend oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's good uh, therapy. Or bad therapy, depending <laughs> on who wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, the other game that they've got is Ultimax, which again is another kind of free-to-play style model. They announced their season two. Very simple. It's, you know, extra skins and stuff like that. Uh, personally, I like Notch better if you're looking for a VR version of Rocket League. This one's with mechs. It's more like stand and point and teleport between nodes. Notch I really liked because, or Knock, sorry, Notch is a developer. Yes. Knock, because I really like the ice skating mechanic in that game, and it really feels fluid and smooth. Uh, I also like archery and, again, Skyrim, so that's probably got me there. Um, but that's Ultimax Season 2 that's coming. Finally, on their 2023 pipeline, uh, we've got a sporty game coming. They're going to invent a new racket sport, um, and that's coming for Quest 2 and Quest Pro. They show a tennis-like game on courts that look, again, like a shortened tennis court um and they said this is the part that concerns me a little bit unless it's again one of those things that they didn't mean it says memberships coming 2023 so hmm. if they're going subscription model with it like other fitness games which they might choose to do because they make a ton of money uh i just hope they don't i hope it's a one and done buy the game get to play multiplayer a play on words like to get you know membership I, to a like a you know club uh, so I, i'm pretty sure it's probably going to be hopefully a play on words <laughs> or like a play it on looks words like it's like a like a padel court instead of a tennis court right a what court padel you don't know padel racquetball no no pickle padel. no pickleball is the it's like a, a north american uh, new sport that is coming up and in europe you have more padel that is coming up Oh, you mean Rudolph Rackets? No. Are we just making stuff up now? What's happening? Absolutely. <laughs> Look it up later. Padel. Padel. Sounds French. Um, okay. I'll have to look up Padel. And then Adele after that. Hello, it's me. I'm not going to sing that. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so that's that's our um, main rundown, the three major showcases. We had Upload, the Game Awards, and then um, Resolution Games. Nice. So into the newsreel. Okay, uh, first some sad news. I always seem to start with sad news in the real. Um, 
John Carmack has posted he's leaving Meta. He was consulting for a while there, having having stepped down as CTO. Uh, we saw Boz jump in very quickly thereafter, after some leaked remarks and remark on Facebook with a nice remark of that they would continue the adage of what would John Carmack do, like the old WWJD that was popular in the 90s. Um, and earlier this week, this is where I have a theory, because we also had Palmer Lucky hint at a possible return to VR, uh, possibly forming a new company. Um, I don't know. My, my, my crackpot theory is that uh, John has had enough of fighting against the upwards battle, the software stack in particular, that he's, he's spoken about a little begrudgingly on various open mic sessions. Um, I feel like he, he, uh, he either got sick of that and kind of fecked off now to the side to, to kind of focus on his own thing um, and his, his other company, um, or that behind the scenes, and this is what Palmer might be alluding to, Maybe they're going to get the band back together. I would love, absolutely love to see them shake it up again and go head to head with Meta. Uh, John Carmack and Palmer first connected along with Nate Mitchell, Brendan Irieb, uh, and, and a gentleman, I forget his name now, the guy who got run over by a car, sadly, um, were the starting formula for Oculus originally. But just think if they came together and started making headsets again that were actually focused in the right way on the right market you know, not $1,500, pardon me, but, um, you know, bloated devices that just aren't the right market to drive VR forward, in my opinion. Um, so that is the news about John Carmack um, and Palmer and my crazy theory that maybe we're going to see the Beatles get back together. I don't know. Um, no. I did have one one favorite quote. What do you think? No? No, no chance? No chance. Yeah. I don't believe that. Adam? I mean, thoughts? it would be hard. I... I think we all would love to see him do aspects. a VR, uh, you know, another VR company, but he's seen so much at Meta and has contributed so much. I feel like it'd be hard to, like, contractually separate that. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know much about legal, but I feel like there would be a lot of red tape involved. There's normally a timeline on it, right? And um, I know Palmer's been very vocal on his blog about his timeline. I think it was five or ten years um, that he signed up to. So I don't mind if it doesn't happen in 2023. It could happen 10 years from now. I don't bloody care. But I want those four gents to get back together again. <laughs> Come on. You know, there's some, there's just something about them that I think that they could solve a lot of problems. And one of the things I liked about Carmack in particular is how tidy he kept the stack. You can feel the amount of bloat in Quest today, which wasn't there when they first launched it. Um, and they have not kept it tidy. They have not tidied shop. And the thing is underperforming. As a, as a result, um, my favorite quote on the web, I'm going to give a nod again to a favorite now deceased podcast of ours, the Tested podcast uh, that focused on VR. The This is just a test. Jeremy Williams, who's at Jareware on Twitter, said, I'll never understand how a company has John Carmack on staff and doesn't defer to his every suggestion. Imagine the hubris of people who think they know better than an absolute God. And mm -hmm. I can't agree more than that, you know. Um, but I know what really drove him out. It was the mirror and the arms and the clothing store microtransactions. Oh, man, they're charging $10 for a pair of digital pants now. Um, I put together a short a short clip this week on it. But um, here in Canada, anyway, I don't know, Rowdy, if you've seen it in your quest. So not only do we have the meta arms and the meta mirror, 
but we also have a store where you can buy stuff from English football clubs and you can adorn yourself now buying even, you know, studded nose rings and things like that. Uh, you know me, I've purchased everything already. You know, like <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm full on on that kind of stuff. You know, I'm a I'm big fan. I'm a big fan of that. It's not sarcasm. You... <laughs> <laughs> totally not sarcasm. Uh, but would you, this is the, really the question, because I felt the devil pulling on me a little bit. I got in front of the mirror and I looked at myself and I was like, oh yeah, oh well. And I managed to put together an outfit that was decent, you know, with the free stuff, which is normally my MO. I don't normally pay when I can get it for free. Um, would you buy? Will you buy? What do you think? When it well, comes to digital clothing for an avatar that goes between games. I can barely afford clothing in my real life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be more expensive too. For a, pair, a yeah. virtual pair of pants versus the cost that it would be in real life, it would probably be more expensive. I, I, to be honest, I yep. honestly, I, I could not. At, at this point, at least, I could not care less. Like maybe <laughs> if it becomes more, I don't know, prominent or like everyone has like a certain kind of presence in VR. Like, yep. But now, no, I, I, mm. I just don't care. I honestly don't. I'm going to push your buttons a little more. What if they were NFTs? What if they were like, oh, here's a pair of ripped jeans and it doesn't look, looks different to everybody else. I'd buy them to or, sell them. <laughs> <laughs> or a t-shirt with a special person on it. I, I'm not, not going to say ex-president. Um, a special person on it, you know? <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, no, yeah, I, don't think I think it's coming. I think it's, a, I think it's a future that unfortunately is coming. I, I hope it turns into what Rec Room currently does, which is there's some kind of an ecosystem to support artists, to create stuff that people can then buy, kind of like a digital Etsy. Mm. And if uh, Facebook slash Meta wants to make money from that, fine. You know, it's a future that's coming. Anyway. Oh yeah, it will happen. It will happen. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, okay, so with that, let's move into then perhaps who hasn't completed their Christmas shopping. Not many days left. Okay, you've got about a week. Uh, last minute's presence suggested a little tongue in cheek for your, um, VR and AR family. Okay. First up in this one, tipping my hat to German Rifter, we were exchanging the creepy eerie ads that we were getting for all kinds of things like earwax removal devices on Twitter. Twitter has really gone a weird sideways when it comes to ads. Um, and this is a face mask, right? It's only $60. I don't know, probably about 50 pounds or something. Probably not available over there. Thank yourselves. Uh, but after all that time in the headset, don't you just want to relax, listen to some of your favorite music and have that beautiful tentacle creature <laughs> from your favorite anime massage your face? The suction's just massaging you away. Oh over my days, a vibrating no. sleep mask? It's a vibrating sleep mask with music. <laughs> oh, with music. Because you can't it's put earbuds tooth. in. But, you That's know. right. Built in. It's very fancy. Yes. What do you guys think? No. Would you want to find this in your Christmas stocking stuffer? <laughs> I, I guess if I got it for free, no like comments. if it was a gift, you know, it'd be like, uh, I guess I'll try it. But uh, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be buying something like this for myself or for someone else unless it's a, like a gag gift. <laughs> All right, Adam's of our other half. There you go. We just gave you a tip off. <laughs> That's your motive. I want to see Adam on the next podcast with this thing on her face. So weird. Oh, I'll God. be asleep and you'll never no. know. <laughs> Probably you'll feel good. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I expect the Bluetooth connectivity to be terrible and leggy and all that kind of stuff. So wait, is it supposed to sync know. up it's, with the music, like vibrate to the music, or I I I did not look that deep, Adam. <laughs> I, I did not look that deep. 
I looked at the store the page, base. got the basic details, and I backed away. <laughs> but yeah, German Rifter fed me that one uh, this week on Twitter. Uh, the next thing, if you have a particular like aunt or uncle who's a little unhinged, well, here you go. You can put them straight in the loony bin with a side-loaded <laughs> horror game that brings a ghost right into your home in that black and white mixed reality we were talking about. Uh, it's called Hauntify. This has been out quite a while. Um, but it only keeps getting more patches and better and better. Um, I love the fact that on their side quest page, Hauntify says, we see people are taking, you know, are taking this thing up and down the staircase in their homes. They're saying, please don't do this. It's dangerous and you're doing it at your own risk. Can you imagine running away <laughs> from in the dark, in your house, Mixed reality pass through or whatever. You've got your Quest 2 or Quest Pro on. And you're just literally bombing it through the house, getting scared by Ugh. creepy skeletons and demons that are chasing you. Okay, first this of all, the, the video, this video that I've seen, they have like three or four like different staircases. I'm like, first of all, who has a house that's that huge? Kind of jealous, but... I, I thought that was an American thing, but uh, okay. I mean, I, I well, guess not. a Everywhere super rich American thing. I don't know. Like, it's no, no, no. no. I, that's the top Reddit post. The guy, the guy, I think it was a guy, uh, responded to say, "Not my house, right?" Like, <laughs> not. I just was playing it somewhere else, but yeah, not a home. <sighs> like, I want to try this, but I don't because I, I like knowing my house is a safe place, and I, I don't want to yeah. like phasmophobia in my own home. I don't know, just like. I also get paranoid. <laughs> Earlier in the oh, episode, we were talking about renting a gym. Now you need to rent an Airbnb to play this game. You know, like God yeah, damn. exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> not sleep. not a low Airbnb. One of the like expensive ones, right? Yeah. Have you seen Airbnbs these days? There's some crazy places on there. Um, but yeah, I I don't know about this thing. This is Hauntify. If you do want to scare or maybe put in the as I said in, into the. In, <laughs> It was a psychotherapy. Your aunt and uncle, who you don't like, they're already on the edge. They're already talking crazy politics. Put them in the headset, and they'll never want to come back way. to your house again because they'll be seeing things. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> I would do this, except I know, having played like a custom home mapper and stuff, the guardian setup is probably awful. Mm. So if devs out there can borrow, I mean steal, borrow from Resolution Games setup for spatial ops. Copy that. Actually, Oculus, copy that. Make that the gold standard. That works better than anything I've ever done. Super easy setup in less than a minute. I want to stop faffing with Guardians. At, at minimum, give us walls that you can draw with a straight line. Why am I drawing in the sand still? Anyway, that's my rant done. Okay, next. If you got cousins around and you got to have a battle or brawler to get that manic kid energy out, then what's better and more festive after, you know, watching Die Hard then some Mortal Kombat mixed reality, oh, right? So here we've got a showcase of playing Mortal Kombat 2 in mixed reality on a coffee table. Oh. It would be awesome to have Raiden and Scorpion battling it out. It's kind of cute. This is better than way. I thought. I thought when you, when you say Mortal Kombat mixed reality, I'm thinking of like, you know, one person, you're like actual fighting each other. And I'm like, that sounds awful <laughs> and dangerous. I didn't think like third person yeah. style. Okay, this is much safer. <laughs> yeah, so third person, think cardboard cutouts arranged in uh, like a diorama on a table, right? And you've got your characters kind of playing with each other yeah. or whatever that way. So it looks kind of kind of nice, actually. But um, one of those things that I think AR headsets in the future through a system, something like Vorpex might be able to do for our old 2D games. Have AI look at your game and say, OK, break the scene apart put it out in front of me, give a little bit of stereo depth to it, and voila, bam, you got a cool mixed reality cake for Christmas. 
or <laughs> angel food. I don't know what people eat these these days. So that's uh, Mortal Kombat and Mixed Reality. The next one, again, fan favorite here being Die Hard. Well, why not just take the Die Hard chopper and build it into your real life? So you thought it was bad enough running around your house. Now it's getting into your neighborhood. So this video is showing FPS enhanced reality, which we've shown before, actually, where someone was running through their house, running and gunning, and we said that was a little dangerous. But this is showing a full-on Apache helicopter oh. hanging outside the window, and the guy's shooting an AK-47 at it to take it down, right? So all you need to do to complete the immersion, I think, is just sprinkle some broken glass on your floor, and wham! You've got your die hard. Don't do that, kids, okay? VR uh, to got VR, your die hard. right? <laughs> yeah, VR to VR. I mean, that's, <sighs> I, sure. You know what? There's, there's something for everyone. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Devs love this stuff. Now, I'm going to take it back to your, uh, your, your, your dad or your mom, who's, who's kind of, you know, they're not really with it. They joined Facebook just last year, all this kind of stuff. Um, and you could if 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 their favorite uh, film was Entrapment starring Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta Jones and that got you all amped up as a kid and they really enjoyed it. Well, then you could play have them play laser dance. Now, this is still under the tree. Unfortunately, it's not out yet, but it's been making public appearances. This is the combination. Uh, it's, the, it's the brainchild of Thomas Van Babel of Cubism and it showed him testing with another fantastic dev. Uh, Mark Schramm of Gravity Lab. So uh, seeing these two working together sounds a real dream to me because it means they're putting polish in, knocking out some technical issues. Um, and although we're waiting for 2023 to see this, uh, what the game does in Laser Dance, for those who haven't heard about it, sorry, I didn't introduce it very well. You've got a button on one side of your room, another button on the other side of your room. Mixed reality game. There are lasers, like in I Expect You to Die style format, traversing the floor in a crazy pattern. And your job is to get your headset from one button to the other button to disable them. And in order to do that, you've got to traverse all these lasers and make sure you don't get yourself zapped in the process. And that's Laser Dance coming in 2023. Sounds fun. Yeah, there you go. I can feel my back hurting already. <laughs> all right. Yeah, someone... The thing that I think that would be interesting if they waited for was the implementation of legs. I don't know when that's coming. But people were saying, hey, you're cheating because you're just doing the headset. Your body's dragging oh, through the lasers. Right. But then when they said that, I thought, oh, God, you know, like, think how much it's going to hurt to try to maybe there's going to be two settings, headset only and then full body mapping. And then it might get frustrating to bug fix if your body is interpreted in the wrong way or, you know, jags to the left when you aren't actually doing that. So mm -hmm. that's a whole bundle of problems that Thomas is going to have to work his way through. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um but yeah, something coming in 2023. But now, since we're talking about the future, uh, this week I saw a tweet, and I want to talk a little bit about the Uncanny Valley and how it's quickly evaporating. Like, if you've got, uh, you know, the home market in the Uncanny Valley is really plummeting lately. Um, this week we saw a tweet featuring not Gordon Freeman, but Morgan Freeman. Except it wasn't our favorite Shawshank, you know, gravelly-voiced actor. No, it was just some white guy with AirPods in working through a new reality that we have to come to terms with. You know, this kind of digital masquerading. And I have to say, the representation is getting bloody close. I mean, look at the details, right? From the buttons on his shirt, the hair follicles. It's, we're nearly there. I don't know if this is a metahuman or something else, but man, they're almost able to make you in a video game. 
That's what I'm taking from this. I'm wondering if there's a reason why they picked the bold guy. Good point. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, very good point, Raddy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, Anything else you can spot? The lighting on him isn't spectacular either. I mean, it's clear enough to see his facial expressions, but there's a lot of shadows, surprisingly. But if for people to, I guess, not need such strict requirements. But yeah, maybe the baldness also helps. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's difficult to nitpick on a Twitter video as well. I noticed quite a bit of compression in the upper scene mm. uh, between the two. For those who are audio listeners only, we're just looking at a comparison between really the the upper half, which is showing Morgan Freeman, lower half showing, as I said, a bald white guy with their AirPods in. Um, but it was a very good mimic. Uh, for me, not quite crossing Uncanny Valley. Like if you saw that for a split second, you might think it's Morgan Freeman. But I think if you spent a couple of seconds, you'd notice it wasn't wasn't quite human right uh but we're there nearly there and that's why i think uh, cyberpunk should come to vr <laughs> yeah. bring in some of the facial interpretation we're, we're, we're getting bloody close is all i can say we're getting the next year or two and one of these games is going to crack it um all right well that's that last little bit of news on the newsreel before we turn it over to to adam for the releases uh we finally got a good look at the front of the headset that Vive has been teasing. Yes, we've got a new Vive HMD coming. Lo and behold, it looks exactly like Bradley Headley predicted <laughs> with his Flocus or his Flocculus. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Flocculus term. My bad. Got to stay true to the family. <laughs> um, so hopefully, you know, <laughs> our correspondents, Adam and Jose, I think you guys are both going to CES. Yes. Uh, in January. Yes. Great. Then hopefully you get to see this for yourselves. Well, The Verge had a had a an interview with Shen Yi, who's leading product at, at HTC, when he was speaking to the Verge. Uh, the Verge, I actually met Shen just before the flow got announced, and um, uh, was around the dinner table with him. And unfortunately, my noisy kids. Sorry, Shen, uh, because I had like a one year old who just wasn't having it. A daughter who unfortunately has hearing impairment couldn't hear a bloody thing in this noisy restaurant, and so we had two my uh, two young girls were both kicking off. <laughs> A storm, and there's this uh, there's this guy who I finally got to meet after so many years across the table from me, uh, having dinner in a Chinese with a bunch of devs. That was in London. But anyway, let's give you a couple of quotes to whet your appetites to what we know so far about this headset. Uh, first off, it'll get you two hours of battery life. Seems to be the um, new standard. It's going to be fully self-contained and support controllers with six degrees of freedom, as well as hand tracking. Sounds convenient as a headset that maybe will travel. That's where I've got my eye on for this one. The other one is, which I think is very important in today's market, particularly noting the literal headaches of the Quest Pro, we've made our new headset one of the lightest that's on the market. And for me, headset weight, because I have a chronic neck issue, is important. Like the total weight up here in the noggin pressing down can be a problem, which is why the Pro hasn't really attracted me. Um, it's why I really liked the Oculus Go back in the day. Um, and also why, if you have a Quest 2, replacing that strap pretty quickly is, is normally a priority number one, um, if you've got any kind of neck issues whatsoever, you know. So, so far my immediate reactions to this are, uh, the design and the form factor look great. If it, if it holds to your head well, it really looks fantastic. I have no idea the price, I'm going to guess like 800 dollars and then something else in the other currencies but it looks like something i would wear on a train or a plane i know last time we were talking about the embarrassment of bringing you know headsets for home out into public to some extent and that it just doesn't really fit there yet it's maybe the first one that i've seen where i'm like meh 
I'd use that as the travel companion, but what are your what are your thoughts, guys? I mean, just price point, I don't know if I would bring that out in public in case someone just wants to steal it from me. That would be, I think, my first mm. concern. I don't know, maybe I don't live in a good area or something, but <laughs> I, I mean, if you have, I guess depending on what modes it has, if it has passed, but if you're playing something where you can't, you know, like VR, just regular VR, I feel like somebody, if they yeah. wanted to, you could just yank it off and just run away with it. I don't know. It's too expensive of a thing at this point for me to just kind of go around in public um, yeah. with this sort of a thing, I think. So you're not taking your anime girlfriend uh, <laughs> to the cafe <laughs> just fun yet? fun as it sounds, not yet. Not until we get something that's like money that worst case if oh, it okay. got yeah worst case if it got lost like i could replace i don't know if we'll get there soon it's probably gonna be several years but i don't know yeah, too reminds me of the original iphone were you like like i remember when iphones were around and they were getting nabbed and stuff and people would have them out in public on a train and you'd be like whoa like that's a lot of money in your hands but right there your pal. eyes are like open so you can kind of have uh you know perceptual yeah. awareness on hey someone shady's kind of walking near me maybe hold it a little t-. but if you're in vr if for yeah. some reason in public, you just you have no idea. You you can't plan for that. But if you're on a if you're on a tra- this is where I would see its application. If you're on a train or a plane, fixed destination, you know. Now, okay, train maybe someone can hop off at the next stop or something. But on a plane, plane, okay, I give it that. Like it's a little because where are they gonna you know? go on a plane? But yeah, like to be honest, Quest kind of sucks on a plane. <laughs> go is okay on a plane, but it's still not great because of the battery problem. But we don't have a great travel buddy yet, and I, I really want one. Rowdy, what about you? I don't know. Um, I find it weird that they announced it as a Meta Quest competitor. Like, like, in what way does it compete with the Meta Quest? Uh, so th- there are articles that are tying it that way because it's meant to bring some entertainment slash gaming. Um, right. I don't think they announced it necessarily, but... A lot of journalists are seeing it as a return of HTC back to the consumer market, which they kind of backed out of. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've focused a little bit more on, I'll call it entertainment, yoga, you know, wellness yeah. applications. The thing is, there's so many headsets. headsets right now, right? There's like yeah. almost like every week there's like new headset releasing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think of it. Like, it's it's. I think it's difficult to say in terms of like, you know, who does really... Like caters to like what 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 kind of consumer are they aiming for? Because uh, if it's really like you know like you know, they really I mean the articles that I've seen is really about that color pass through mixed reality. But is there so many applications already out there for that right now? Like, yeah. and does that is that is that why they're saying more about the travel aspect because it's passed through? So you know people will not be able to steal something from you as, as easily as possible. Like, I, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't know where this headset fits at the moment. I just don't really see it. And that's been HCC's problem in the past, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. They've, they've been, they've struggled to, f- to define a market. Mm. They've um, also struggled to define uh, a unique selling point, a USP um, right. for that market. So I think those are the two main questions. Like they're very good at engineering products. They haven't yet really sharpened their bow enough to stick that right in but um I, I hope they will i hope they will i still like their design aesthetic where they're going because one thing that oculus seems to be tipped away from is the travel buddy like I, I would like a travel buddy for vr i don't have one yet one that just allows me to do even if it's more simple even if it's more not really three off stuff but i don't know i want something that goes well in a suitcase travels with me i can bring vr but isn't as lumpy as the quest you know maybe folds up 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You know, some of Bradley's leaks showed some pretty nifty facets of that headset, but let's just wait and hear more. So um, with that, I think it's probably a good time that we uh, swing ourselves towards the releases. So if you like games, well, if you don't, better start now. Um, here's some gamer cheer for you. So Adam's going to highlight games you can play now. Yeah. And what's coming? I am the Jose this episode. <laughs> no pressure or anything. <laughs> but uh, first up, we've got uh, a game that might be familiar to some. It's uh, House Flipper Pets VR. So there's the popular desktop game, uh, House Flipper, which eventually they made a VR version for. But now now they have House Flipper, House Flipper Pets VR. So... Basically, this one is the same uh, apartment renovation that you know and love, except this time now you have pets for added responsibility and dopamine. Um, currently, it looks like the only animal types are cat and dog. So you basically you take responsibility for, uh, you know, pets and the trouble they can cause along with apartment renovation. Uh, you can clean, collect garbage, remove stains, fix damaged pieces of furniture and change wallpapers. But also don't forget about the needs of these lovely creatures. You can feed them and clean up after them. And it seems like there's can you flip like. Them? <laughs> I was going to say, like. <laughs> what do you mean? Like flip them, like em? sell them, or flip them, like physically? Because yeah. one's a beaut. Well, I don't know. Both, both. might be. <laughs> I don't this know. This is rowdy. This is rowdy. Let's, you know what, I, I mean, I, animal activists are going to get upset for sure, but. Um, <laughs> I, I want to flip. I want to flip some cats. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give this a shot, and I will report back, and I will let you know on the selling and the flipping and the the all of the things. <laughs> but um, I I don't know enough about house flipper. Is it you do up a house and you sell the house, or is it you're more like moving from house to house? I, yeah. I just don't understand the core concept. So of you the game. start off with like a a really crappy, dirty, rundown house, and then you just you like clean it up. You change the wallpaper, the floors. You can add furniture and things, and then you sell it. Pretty, pretty simple. Oh, so that's how you're supposed to. Okay, yeah, I've been doing it wrong all these <laughs> oh, years. Oh God, maybe that's for another episode. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> but uh, next up, we have um, this isn't exactly new, but it's new for the Quest. We have Mask Maker, okay. which uh, came out for the Quest uh, a couple days ago. So that one's from mm. Vertigo Games, of course, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, specifically, the creators of A Fisherman's Tale. So you basically play as a mask maker's apprentice and you learn the magic of crafting masks uh, to immerse yourself in the intriguing beings within the game. Um, I actually haven't tried mask maker yet, but I've been interested in this one. And this is oh, going to be. I can't uh, wait. It looks. Before I forget. It looks so good. Uh, Are there any masks with the vibrating thing? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe you can make <laughs> one. I don't know. You could probably make them, I think. But uh, this one's. Buy one. This one's $19.99 or around uh, 16 pounds. And I forgot the price for the last one. So for if you're really interested in House Flipper Pets VR, that one is $17.99 <laughs> or around 14 pounds. It's on sale currently. So <laughs> grab it while you can. Uh, yeah, that I, I, I really like the price point of VR titles. To about the 20 mark, you know, is like nice. I, st I still, every time I open up the PlayStation Store, my heart falls out of my chest. Like literally $100 for some games. Not joking. Not even special editions. Just a hundred Canadian bucks. It's like, oh god. Well, and the but, Steam sale's yeah. coming up I, I soon, so watch out for that. Forward to that. <laughs> oh yeah, the holiday Steam. Oh great, yeah. Oh. I will. Um, there <laughs> was another. There's a few release actually that I, I have an honorable mention um, before I go to some <laughs> updates that I didn't give Rowdy the trailer for. I apologize, but this one's another existing game that went to Quest recently, which is Compound, uh, which you probably, if you're on Twitter, oh. you may have seen this around a lot. 
Um, so it's basically randomized roguelite, uh, free roaming shooter for uh, VR veterans. So um, definitely check that one out yeah. too, because it's been on Steam for a couple months. But I think at the beginning oh, of the month, it came out on Quest, right? Yeah, it, and um, I, pl- I play Compound this week. Actually, it was um, I just played it for myself because I, you know, I oh. do that now. Only two shows a week. He's got it. And, Look um, at that. Sorry. The reload mechanic is different than any other reload mechanic in any game. So, for example, there's a gun that's like a, a, a like a SMG, a uh, submachine gun, and it's got a rail at the top, and it like pings off, um, and then you have to attach another one, Ooh. and click it in, and then fire again. Now you have two-handed capabilities and you can cycle between guns on both hands um they've got a really cool soundtrack vibe the general fluidness of the game i was a little disappointed in the tempo because this this game feels like a almost like a doom or like a wolfenstein type thing Mm -hmm. where you're kind of go go going and i found the pace was a couple notches back from that and i i played um i think i killed about 300 enemies before i ended up biting the dust but it's incredibly well polished. It's been out for a while. The devs have been working away at it. And holy cow, what's going on with Rowdy's face? No, it's only on my side. Oh my God, you look like a cyborg. It's amazing. <laughs> He's matching the game. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of robot Pixelated. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, good, good game. I think a lot of FPS fans from the 90s and stuff would really like it. But the thing that exudes, it's just, it's very well put together. And there's a bunch of awards. So as a single player game, you can really like tuck into and keep playing. You can get it. Didn't actually hook me. I'm a huge roguelike fan, but didn't hook me from that side. Uh, but it was a really solid FPS. Uh, and I think the guns, once you get the hang of them, um, feel unique. And so Compound deserves the accolades it gets from the VR community, I would say. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Um, currently, at least on the Quest store, maybe the same for Steam or keep out, keep an eye out for sale. It's uh, $19.99 or around £16. Um now, I know that uh, in the beginning, Rowdy was like, oh, you just need, you know, two to three mentions to get excited. But I did have a couple for just updates, game updates. So these aren't new games, but just stuff that's come out. And I will rapid fire them. Don't worry. I know that, you know, we want to get through our day. <laughs> but I did have some that I wanted to that I thought was worth mentioning. Uh, the first one is Population One has come out with their sandbox early access, finally, um, a couple of days ago as well. So basically... You can explore, create, play an endless variety of games with friends. Uh, there's two new playlists. There's Featured, which uh, features popular, replayable, uh, balanced 6v6 team deathmatch games. And then Adventurous playlists, which are the more creative or experimental maps that people have made. Ooh. So that's an interesting one to try. It's it's free. I mean, if, with the, if you have population that one. That might actually... That might get me. Uh, that might get me back in because Pop One, when it landed, was really cool for a couple of months, and then I played the update with the hay bales and stuff, and then after that, I just stopped going back. Yeah. But the gameplay loop. The nicest thing about it is, if you're on your own, and you want a game with other people, other humans, Rowdy doesn't count. Um, <laughs> then you. I'm saying that because he doesn't like people, not that he doesn't count as a human. Uh, <laughs> this this new mixed mode sounds a lot like an old game that we had called. Um, it was a VR game. A driving game with like floaty cars called Distance. Uh, if no one's ever heard of this, it, it, it like it was a thing back in like 2016, 2017. But there would be community made maps. Some of them would be so d- dramatic and disastrous that like you just you couldn't play them. They were unplayable. Uh, and it was a voting system to uprate them. So very similar to what they're experimenting with here is the idea of hey, give me something interesting or give me something stable. 
I love that concept. Um, I think you've just sold me on going to go play uh, some more Pop 1. So, yeah, because you kind of get tired of the same old, same old after a while. And, you know, yeah. modern community, people who make their own maps, they're nuts. So it'd be really interesting to see what they bring to the table. Like, I know I'll probably try them again, too, once we have, like, some highlights of what people are playing that's been created. Well, it makes it more dynamic is the thing. That's the thing I never liked about Counter-Strike back in the day when I used to run like gaming communities was you'd come to one pinch point and you, because of the timing, you'd always be there at the same exact moment. And you get that in VR now with things like Pop 1 on the standard maps because people just know exactly where to be. So, yeah. And so this, this just brings in that element of like, are you good with a changing environment? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you adapt? Are you adaptive? And if you like that dynamic gameplay, then this is fantastic. Great. Exactly. Definitely sold me on it. Nice. Next up we have, uh, for those of you who are artists, Vermilion, the painting app, actually has a multiplayer update that, a beta multiplayer update that came out very recently. So now you get to paint together with up to three friends, uh, either public or private. And this has come out for both uh, the PC VR version and the Quest version. Not sure if it's cross compatibility. I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, that's fun. Now you can have your own little painting class together. Super exciting. That's, that's very neat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely drawing stick figures in front of nobody else. No, no, no. <laughs> no not doing that. You've got to practice. I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, Zenith, they also have a winter festival uh, update that came out. These are all very recent, so I could stop saying very mm-hmm. recent. But basically, it's a world event with ancient rank challenges to earn winter coins, toys, and valuable rewards. Uh, new winter-themed public events, quests, recipes, cosmetics, uh, and as well as new creatures and pets. So again, if you're a sucker for winter Christmassy things, definitely check that one out. Um, and finally, ri- rounding off the list of updates, there's been a lot of updates to rhythm games this month as well. Starting off with Beat Saber, they've got their Rock Mixtape DLC uh, featuring tracks from Steppenwolf, Kiss, Leonard Skinner, Nirvana. Just a lot of highly recognizable, famous rock bands. Uh, so that one's currently at, currently on sale for ten ninety six American dollars or around nine pounds. Um, it's a very weird amount, but you know they're making discounts. so much money. It's scary. It, it's so scary how much money Meta makes on Beat Saber. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Then we have uh, Synth Riders, who actually released a Groove and Essentials DLC uh, for all platforms as well. This one includes a new disco themed stage, uh, plus tracks by Bruno Mars and Starcadian. Um, this whole so basically with all of these you can buy the songs individually, but I'm just going to list the group pack price to make it easier. Uh, for this one, if you wanted to buy the whole pack, it's seven ninety nine dollars or around mm. around six pounds. Um, and then uh, finally for the rhythm game round off, there's Ragnarok, which released their Nuclear Blast Raid DLC. Um, I love Ragnarok. It's, it's a you know. I love, but anyway, mm. nine new tracks um, ba- from bands such as Equilibrium and Beast in Black, uh, a new longship and unique hammer skin. And for that one, the whole pack is currently, uh, I believe it's also on sale, currently for about $9.41 or uh, around close to eight pounds. And right. that's all the gaming news and releases and updates, et cetera, et cetera, that I have. I hope I did Jose proud. <laughs> you did expertly. That was amazing. That was great. Good job. Oop. All right. Well, um, one last thing I wanted to cover up before we get off of games entirely. Um, I know last time we covered the point that uh, Gorilla Tag was making its way to Quest, but did you see the Gorilla Tag trailer? Trailer. Yeah, that 
So there's this uh, trailer, like re announcement release trailer, basically, that um, I think is their in-meta quest store, you know, real. So when you look to buy the game, what is what is Gorilla Tag? And you go click the button. Uh, man, they did a good job selling it. They did it in the style of a nature documentary, like one of those classic David Attenborough ones. It's like, and a new baby gorilla. Look at him flailing about, not knowing what he's doing. And then he learns and he grows up. And it's just, it's really well done. And um, because I've loved Lemming's creation since inception, since the very beginning, I just wanted to support again and just say, uh, great job on the trailer. The trailer is so funny. Um, I recommend people go check it out. And they even talk to some of the the kind of gorilla tag um, culture, like the cave wave, which is everyone's in the crystal cave caverns of doing the like um, the wave with their arms and stuff. Apparently it is. I think I haven't played gorilla tag uh, recently enough for that, but it was a really comedic, um, well put together little uh, trailer for gorilla tag. And if you haven't played gorilla tag, do it. Just don't do it near your new TV because you're going to smack something. I can't tell you the number of times I used to have my studio backed to a wall with my kids room and the walls got hit like four or five <laughs> times because you're swinging like a mad person. Also, wear aerobic clothing because you're going to sweat. It's very involved. Um, but that's Gorilla Tag. Okay. I'm, glad, I'm so, glad they decided to do that more than like a like a weirdly cinematic trailer for Gorilla Tag. <laughs> with real monkeys or something. They even, yeah, they embraced it. They, they talked about monkey, you know, M-O-N-K-E. Um, loved it. But I just love it. I love it. They kind of did like a cinematic ending. Like I'm actually showing it on the stream as well, but like there was like a cinematic part to it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, oh, the, the opening and okay. exit, I think, is, yeah. That's the very, very meta trailer uh, of them. Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, they probably had someone, you know, give them a little bit of a nudge. Anyway, all right. So, chat, this is the end. We've gone right about out of time. We're, we're keep averaging around this like two hour, 15 minute mark. Uh, but this is the finale, the finish line. Ask your questions in chat or just sing us some Christmas carols while I spool off the shoulder times for old Harold. Don't ask me who Harold is. Okay. F Reality Crew live streams every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show is live. From 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m., 1 p.m. God, I'm getting all scrambled up. I'm going to try that again. Let's start <laughs> over there. Jesus, I did just pulled a mic there. Uh, the show is live from 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. If you're not here for the live event, not a problem at all. We do Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes for Wee Little Tim. Subscribe, thumb it up, and share with your mates, and no matter the weather, We'll keep you VR folks entertained. And chat, oh darling chat, whatever the matter, don't you go anywhere. You hold on to that bladder. Anything from these chatters before we go toast our buns? Um, yes. I don't know. Oh, what are you most looking forward to at CES? That's a great question in from uh, Jack. That's uh, probably one geared more towards Adam I, than uh, me. I'm not going. Um, I hope that I get to try... Vive's new Flocculus, as it's been lovingly called on this show now. I'm not sure yet. I, I don't know yet if they're going to have it just out for anyone to try. I mean, with an appointment base or if they're going to have it, you know, like uh, you have to go to a certain area. So I've got to figure out all the details. But I think that's one of my one of my highlights. Mm. Um, there's also going to the Be Haptics booth is always a good time. I don't think they're necessarily mm. having anything new, but it's always fun to say hi to people. Um 
I always get these confused. Magic Leap and Ultra Leap are going to be there. Um, huh. Yes. Uh, so there's a lot Interesting. Of, there's a lot of cool VR stuff. I just I have to dig in longer to the exhibitor list and see and weed through all of the other there. stuff. Yeah, because it's kind of a. But you could just one. even like what 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 do you hope for it in a more general sense? Is there something like that you have you been to past CESs? I yes. think you have. Last year I did. Um, okay. Interestingly, it seems like if I had to make a guess, though, because last year was kind of all about metaverse and crypto and NFTs, whatever. My guess is this year there's still going to be metaverse stuff, but it's probably going to be more also like AI and holograms. That that's my prediction is the the big thing that we're going to see a lot of shoved in our faces. <laughs> okay, and I saw I also saw Dark was asking in chat if we're going to be doing a New Year's New Year's ear special. So actually, um, the next episode is a special one. We do this every year. I don't even know if Adam knows this, but we do a um, a Slido thing to get interactive with the audience. We make a digital word pile about you know the trends of VR, Ooh. and this really does a really nice like timestamp of what was going on in in VR at that time. What was the sentiment of the world? Um, so please join us for that one. That'll be on uh, just at just the end of the year. Same. Same time, same place, right? In two weeks' time. Also, each one of us will name our game of the year. And if you can't guess what Rowdy's is, then I'm afraid something's wrong with your ears. <laughs> Hopefully that answers that question. Anything else there I, I missed? Oh. Um, basically, yeah, Pimax is going to be at CES as well. Um, we'll have asked if mm, I'm yeah. doing any interviews. Maybe not necessarily interviews this year, but I definitely want to... I, I booked some demos because I definitely want to bring some stuff to... Um, it's not going to be, obviously, the, the New Year's one, but the episode after that, which will be following CES. So I think yeah, it's just a week by a couple after, of days, right? I think. Yeah. Or like one week after CES. Yeah. So I'm excited to yeah. bring forth some interesting and weird and wonderful, awful tech there's always weird stuff I, sometimes that you can find. I can't wait to see what you've seen on the show floor, to be honest, because it is something special. Metaverse toilets. Anyway, I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of, what's the weirdest thing you saw last time? Well, last time you were at CES, what was the most off the wall thing that you I don't know remember? about, it wasn't a product, but it was just marketing. Because again, Metaverse was huge then. So there was a whole wall mm. that I saw. I think that the, the company had those, um, just like seats that people would put headsets in and, you know, they rotate and whatever. I don't really know what they were trying to produce. But anyway, their their giant marketing wall had all of the big words on it, had metaverse, had NFTs, it had like all the buzzwords and it was just <laughs> ridiculous. And I was like, oh, I had to take a picture of it. And I think there was a thread on ridiculous stuff seen at CES that year and I threw that in there and it was, <laughs> it kind of took the cake. I mean, it was, it was a good uh, summary of just like, hot buzzwords and stuff people were interested in at that the year. Time. Mm -hmm. Do not look at F Reality's website at freality.tv. We, we totally didn't do that as our past branding thing. <laughs> <laughs> we might have. Um, yeah, that's it. That's also a place you can catch uh, the links to all of our other stuff is at freality.tv. We don't usually push the website. If you want to click on and learn a little bit more about each of the uh, faces of the show, that's another place you can link in. It's also in the description normally. Uh, and normally we also uh, post timestamps and stuff like that after the show. Which I think, uh, given Jose is off traveling, I think I will probably pitch into that uh, just after the, the show this time. Thanks very much, uh, everybody, for um, tuning up for this. Looking forward to the next episode in two weeks' time. And um, I'm going to say this is my outro. Thanks to all, and to all a good night. Just remember one thing in Demio this week. Rowdy sure put up a fight. <laughs> so see you all. <laughs> Goodbye, cheers, and happy...
Christmas to anyone who's celebrating. Happy holidays. <laughs>